Hi, this is Editor Nate here. This episode is from quite a while ago and had a lot of background noise on the Craig and Nate track. I had to do quite a bit of editing to get this workable. Hopefully it sounds okay. I think it's still a good episode. We're hoping to get into releasing more episodes and maybe even recording some new ones here in the near future. So in the meantime, enjoy a rad Starbomb track and welcome back. For the love of God, Simon, what the fuck is your deal? You don't invite me to your parties. Do you know how that feels? Are you freaking serious? You killed all my guests just because you felt left out? No. Yes. Well, monsters like me can still be your friend. Just stop bringing our lives to a god-awful end. Now, since we are the only ones left alive, let's play two-man twister. Come on, give it a try. All right. Right foot green. of habit. Well, he is dead. Looks like I have won at Twister. Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. I'm your host, Paulie Kroll, and joining me today is... Will Atkinson. Nate Stevens. Craig motherfucking Schumann. Whoa. And motherfucking today, we are going to cover (laughs) Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Warning, this is a spoiler cast, so if you haven't played Castlevania or if you don't want to be spoiled on anything, stop now and play the game immediately and then come back 26 or so hours later and you can check it out. I don't want to be spoiled. I need to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start off like we do all our podcasts with a question, though, and because this game has been graced by the awesome voice work of one Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Excuse me. Esquire. Well, wait, no, not that. I don't know if it's an Esquire. We'll have to look that up. So today's question is, what is your favorite Star Trek episode? Will, what's your favorite Star Trek episode? So there's a next-gen episode called Rascals, where five of the crew members all get turned into kids. (laughs) And so they they get taken over by, uh, I think it's the Ferengi. They take over the ship. And so these kids have to, like, use their kiddishness to trick all of the Ferengi into getting their ship back. It's really... That's, really cute, fun. I'm so happy you reminded me of that. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Uh, that Yo- young Picard has got hair, and he's he's got a whole scene where he's like, oh, man, I'm old, and I lost all my hair again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty funny. Nate, what was your favorite Star Trek episode? My favorite Star Trek episode is any given holodeck episode. <laughs> Really? You, no one's uh, going to laugh at that? No, you, you like I don't your, know what that uh, means. Okay, never mind. I, Mine's we, in the, the... Sorry. The holodeck the, is pretty cool. You like where uh, Barkley gets addicted to holodecks? Yeah. Ho- holodiction? Wait. Holodiction? Is, I thought that... Okay, never mind. We, we can talk about this later. You sure? No, my favorite's uh, Best of Both Worlds, where they first discover the Borg Cube. Because it's a season finale, and if I'd been alive at that time... Well, I was, but I was in, in my infancy. That would have been a real dick move. Because it was All a right. two-parter. Sorry, that's the oh, and they started <clears> in next season, season at beginning of it. Yep, got it. Yep. That, yeah, is that, that helps. the cliffhanger? Is that is that the one where I'm pretty sure they destroy like the half of the Federation fleet in the first episode? I don't even remember. Then, I just remember that it was super good. Hang I on, thought when me... they first found the Borg cube, that's when like Captain Picard gets like taken yeah, and becomes, he becomes the Borg. He becomes Locutus. Yeah, exactly. But then he <clears throat> he wipes out all of these ships and. One of those ships that he's on is the ship that Cisco, the commander of DS9, was I on. Love and where Cisco. he, where yeah. he lost his Bong wife song. right in the beginning there. Wait, for the network? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
He's the uh, the captain in Deep Space Nine. Thong, 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 thong. Craig, do you have a favorite Star Trek episode? I don't have a particular episode. My limited interaction with Star Trek is relegated to the newer motion pictures with Chris Pine. No. Oh. Hey. What happened to Voyager? I thought that was your thing. And, <clears throat> yes, Star Trek Voyager is my only TV exposure to That's Star Trek. And I don't... Can I interject and what? say that that is fellow co-host Alberto's favorite series? It's a good series. They had the lady, she was the captain. Janeway. Janeway. You say so. Oh, uh, yeah. Like got a man's voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, but... She was also one of the detectives in uh, NTSF SUV. What is that? What? That's an adult show. swim crime procedural. Wow. Okay. That, <laughs> did you actually get that correct? Is that not safe for work? <laughs> yeah. It's well. It's what is it? It's like national security, national tasks like security force. NTSF. Uh, San Diego sports utility vehicle <laughs> is the <Yeah>. item. <laughs> <laughs> it's recommended, it, especially the. Scene. Captain Janeway being like a crime yeah. detective lady. It's that definitely better than sense. Star Trek Voyager. Hey, 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 I don't know if I, I... Rude! I did enjoy it when I was watching it. I can't this believe so many young lives. I can't believe some of... I mean, that was what we grew up with. That's yeah, completely that fair. was what was on the channels at the on, time. On the tube. On the tube, they say. Fucking uh, millennials. When it was still a tube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did have a food tube. Yeah. I can't believe someone in this room said fucking Enterprise is better than Voyager. That's crazy. Alberta would have would go into conditions. Did somebody say that? I, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's true. Except for the intro. It's not true. The intro's great. I don't even know why I have authority to say it's not true. It could that, be true. You've seen only that one thing, right? You better defend it anyway, with your life. Yeah, I was going to say, I will die on this hill. That's... Wait, All right, so, so I'm, I'm kind of with Nate on uh, Borg being a favorite episode yeah. recommendation, but I'm going to go with Q-Who, which is an episode that is introduces the Borg and also is a Q episode. Those are my two favorite parts about Star Trek The Next Generation is Q and Q, the Borg. Q, Q takes the good. Enterprise, drops them in the Delta Quadrant like, and they're like, like Whoa, thousands of who miles. are these people? Let's go check them out and destroy them all. Yeah. yeah. He, Thanks, he wants Dick. to be, a, he wants to be a, a crew member and like to prove that he can be, he has to be a crew member. Like he throws the Enterprise like into some unknown galaxy pretty much where they meet the Borg and everything. So I love... I don't know the actor's name who plays Q, but I always like to stuff. John Delancey. There you go. I feel like he's in a video game, too, but that's for another he's time, in I guess. everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, let's get to the game here. So Castlevania Lords of Shadow. What would you guys think? I love this game so much. This Eight is, out of ten. All right. This is like... <laughs> in the podcast. Wow, that was a fourth one today. Right. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was going to be a lot of talk about that's like a high 30 hours of gameplay. Yeah, I'm almost tempted to like agree with you guys and just end it now because nobody's <laughs> talked shit yet. And it might make me feel better because this is one of my favorite games of last generation. I well, like, have a tremendous amount of judgment towards your game taste going forward now. At... I'm just trying to <laughs> let's, uh, let's note to the audience really quick that Craig didn't actually finish the game. He played part of it. So <laughs> yes, that's uh, yeah, true. that is true. There was a heavy side there. The, uh, we got halfway through. This is the first thing I actually want to discuss because I truly oh. think, like, at the beginning of this game, I didn't like the game. Like, it took me a while to actually start enjoying this game. Okay. I, I played it like when it came out, and I re just replayed it recently. And this replay, I kind of enjoyed a lot more of the beginning because I kind of got more of it. I already knew the combat system and everything like that. But I'm real curious about what Will would say. If Did you think, like, did you come around on this game? Did you hate it from the beginning, or did you well, kind of... Critics were pretty positive, though, right? Like, like at the time really. of its release, people were kind of recommending it, weren't they? 
It's great few- common for Will. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Fine. Well, <laughs> what did you think? Unlike some other games, I never, I didn't like feel compelled to go and play it. Like I've got a bunch of other games in my life right now that I'm like, I need to rush home so that I can play this game right now. I, I need to get my fucking Kerbals to the moon. I need to, you know, do whatever. And World of Warcraft subscription. And I, I, I never felt that way about this game, but like, as I was playing it, as I was going through it, like, yeah, man, this hit hits all the right points. I mean. All right, I don't want you to talk about it too much. I just want to make sure I'm not crazy for saying, like, eventually into the game, you feel a lot better about it, and you start wanting to get through it. Yeah, I mean... Uh, All right, so we're, yeah. agree- we're in agreement that Craig's just wrong? Ah, uh, well... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so, I haven't even announced what my opinion is yet. I'm the, already being... You're leaking it like a seed. That the game doesn't make you excited to play it is a pretty significant downside to the yeah. game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But... You know, but let's do a little. I guess we could do a little bit of a walkthrough of the the storyline of the game and the gameplay. So pretty much Castlevania. All right. So before we start, yeah, how does this relate to Castlevania One? It's a reboot. Wait, Castlevania One, or where, <laughs> where are we going with this? Or four, or two, Symphony or three. of the Night. Or? This game is this game is a reboot, and it actually takes place way before any of those games. Oh. So it's a prequel uh-huh. reboot. It's a prequel. They bill it as a even as though three was, was a prequel. I think it's a prequel. It does make sense as a prequel. Yeah, absolutely does. I don't know if I'm ready to say why yet, because they don't know yet. They don't yet, have, they don't have the ending yet. We'll save that for... Spoil it! The timing doesn't... Yeah, we'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll get there. God, so pretty much, like, it introduces a new character, Gabriel Belmont. Obviously, the name Belmont is familiar as Simon Belmont has been... Never fear. Castlevania. Simon Belmont is here. And Trevor and... the power and... of Christ infused in his spear. That's a fun song nope. by Starbomb. Got it. So funny. So Dracula... So Dracula <laughs> isn't in this game for most of... I don't think he... Well, he's kind of in the game. So, anyway, uh, Gabriel Belmont has a quest where he has to... There's a problem going on... Can I spoil Ghostbusters? Yes. The 80s movie? So pretty much what's going on in this world is like Ghostbusters after the mayor orders that they can shut down the Ghostbusters machine because all the souls have been unleashed and they're not, they're no longer going to the afterlife. They're stuck on earth and that's creating monsters and a whole bunch of other problems. Cut off heaven from earth. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. It was me, by the way. Somebody cut off heaven from earth. So Gabriel Belmont is part of this order of... The Brotherhood of Order? <laughs> it's some kind of brotherhood. The Order? The it's brotherhood? probably Assassin's The Order of the Brotherhood of Order? Something like that. It's just the Order of the light, the light of the Order? The Brotherhood of, the of Light. The Brotherhood of... Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yes. So, good guys. The, the good guys the good have guy. to uh, fight the bad guys, pretty we'll much. So, the Gabriel, the good. Yep. Gabriel's on this quest. He is very angry and uh, kind of on a revenge quest, sort of. Because his his wife has been killed. Hey, while we're, yeah. while we're right there, can, the, can we just say his it? his wife getting killed is like they're like he really loved his wife and she died and he's gonna do anything he wants to get back to her and that's like a, a, a line in a sentence and that's supposed to be like his main motivation yeah. the entire game and I feel it's yes. really weak. Well, oh, our intro question should have be how many people how many gods would you have slain if your wife died? Hmm. Well, I thought it was strange that they didn't say how his wife died. No, they didn't. Yeah. Is it ever? It, yeah, it makes sense towards the end of the game. Yeah. Because it turns out he killed his wife. Oh, okay. But, Whoa. Um, it's like the darkness when he kills the other lady like halfway through. 
Or, or so like so pretty much you go on this quest and you go through uh, multiple battles. I, I don't think the beginning of the game is a strong point. They t- spend a lot of time going through the many, many tutorials and that you kind of fight the weaker enemies and things like that. So you start off with lichens and you get through a, a lot of lichens and trolls and, and things like that. But So eventually you make your way to the... Well, I guess you go... To, you meet Laura before the lichen lord, right? I meant to bring up the chapter list, but I forgot to to have us do that. I think so. So uh, you meet... uh, uh, She's right after the ice thingy, the ice titan. Yeah, the ice shadow. Right before the ice titan. But anyway, you you meet a mute telepathic girl who has powers, (laughs) and she she teaches you some stuff. She has a bodyguard who's the Black Knight. I think it's... She talks, they just didn't want to animate her face, so... I don't know if if it's you guys here. Laura, not so much. Laura... Laura's character design was like whatever, but like I really liked like the first time I thought I started liking the character design in this game was the Black Knight. I thought he was a, a really cool designed. Character. Hey, Darksiders. He's a bit Darksiders, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, like just the, like the the modeling yes. of the armor, like it had that like shine to it, but it was still like super dark. I don't know. I just thought the character design was really cool on that. But yeah. she had and and the lore behind it. That's the two things. Two things I really like about this game are like both the character design and the fact that they always like take time to like explain the character's motivation and like where they come from and stuff. The fact that he was like uh, a murderer's soul trapped inside this armor. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, except for the main character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So they're right. That's a pretty big exception. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the guy that you're supposed to be and supposed to sympathize with and want to follow his quest. We're not going to tell you about him. His wife's died. It's really important. That that didn't bother me so much because, like, I don't know. I thought his main quest was the Brotherhood, like, find out if he was the chosen one that this prophecy was talking about, and like his wife died was his his personal motivation. But I didn't think like it was the main character objective or anything like that because you didn't know like you were gonna try to resurrect your wife or anything like that until further into the game. I thought. I mean, he got sent by the Brotherhood. Who who sent him? Well, all the other Brotherhood Knights yes. that are falling along the way were on the same quest as <laughs> you. Dead. It just so happens that you were actually the prophecy. You were actually the chosen one. They're so conveniently dead in all the... Yeah. It, it, mm. <laughs> yes. I, so I agree with you. That was, that was dumb dumb video game shit, but I thought the writing yeah. on the notes they leave was you got, pretty cool. I mean, it was nice, like, contextual, like, hint note stuff. Yeah. But it was... but. It was like uh like Bioshock like everybody's recording yeah like the the key to their safe in their last 3 minutes very <laughs> very convenient Oh, if only I knew how to attack the spiders from behind before he poisoned me. Yeah. Oh, uh, now I'm dead. <laughs> that was me. Also, I think I glossed over the spiders in this game. I thought the first in, uh, encounter with the spider was really cool. The spiders creeped me out and that fucking spider creeped me out and it was super difficult at first, and then towards the end of the game, you're just destroying spiders like they're nothing, which I thought was neat. But so you get to the Lord of Shadow, the Lycan Lord of Shadow. You meet him, and you start to learn some stuff about the plot. How the Lords of Shadow used to be members of your Brotherhood. Who? Hey, guess what? The people who cut off heaven from Earth uh, was your boss. Yes. Well, whoops. Pretty much. <laughs> Rude. Mention that it's multiple hours into the game. By the time you start getting some of like what's actually happening to yeah yeah probably like a good s- five six hours into the game yeah that's what i was start figuring anything out it's yeah, definitely well, a slow slow burn slow yeah. burn not final fantasy slow but slow yeah 
So you, you, I thought that was a really cool battle, the two stage boss battle. I thought the the dialogue before it was like, I don't know when that when that speech was over. I totally wanted to fight this guy to the death. I don't know. Like, wait, wait, which guy? This game like did a no. Yeah, this game did a good job of amping me up throughout with contextual story and things like that. But maybe I'm alone here. You, you gonna say something? Or you're gonna gurgle. Set in the I'm gonna just gurgle. I'm sort of <laughs> spluttering here. Yeah. Uh, throughout or like after the first playthrough? I, I think that was the first time when I get to the lichen. Actually, okay. like I didn't feel right killing the Black Knight at all because like I just yeah, murdered Laura and I don't know why and things like like you don't know what the hell's going on. But yeah, right. like you, you like my note on that one. Once like. I feel like at the, the Lycan battle, the Lycan Lord of Shadow battle, I can't remember his name, but it's going to bother me. But know. it's the first time when like you actually feel like you're doing the right thing. Like he 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 describes like what's going on and you're like, "Well, I'm going to kill you and we're going to take this power back and I'm going to save the world pretty much." That's when your your world saving quest actually begins when you actually learn what's going on. So, okay, so I, I posted that. The- that was definitely the point where the plot I was like, "Wait, hang on, what?" Okay, that's interesting. So but I just I wish that hadn't been after six hours of me kind of bashing my head against the wall. See, I'm not necessarily actually sure that's when the game starts to be good for me. I don't I don't actually think the game I realized the game was good until you get to the castle, like the Castlevania castle, when you like first the one with are the approaching it? it and you see it in the vista and everything like that. Oh and yeah, go into it. The one with when the fighting being skeletons and vampires. That's when it's actually just like. There's like nine pages in the book that are like different aspects of the castle. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, we may or may not have read anything in that book ever. I mean, we read, we read the menus. We did read the menus. The, and the interface combat. is cool. I, but I was, I was going to say, at one point I posted on our, I, I posted in our group, what the fuck, Gabriel? <laughs> and then Paulie jumped on. Oh, you got to this point in the game. <laughs> yeah, I knew exactly... Oh, I've been so excited about you guys playing this. Disclaimer, I like got this game for these guys because I wanted them to play it so much because I love this fucking oh, game and nobody yeah. nobody else mention, have had the chance to talk to about it. I need to so, mention my journalistic obligations. Given that this game was bought for me, I'm going to give it like at least a 20% higher score. No, that, well, that's what I meant by disclaimer. Like they, I, they didn't buy it, but they have every right to that. Like, I want you to talk shit about it and tell me why it's bad. Because like, it's kind of a problem that I like this game so much. Anyway, like, I don't feel bad if you guys don't like it. I just do, you know. But anyway, so you get through the Lycan Lord of Shadow, and you you make your way towards the Vampire Lord. Yep. I believe Pan helps you out again for some reason. He shows up and he's, he's an sure. eagle, kind of yep. like. Uh, Lord of the Rings is just like, oh, we'll just fly I didn't here realize instead. he was the horse in the first place, too. Yeah, I don't Wait. think they meant to make whoa, you sure of it. Because the horse says, I'll bring you to Pan, or like, I'll, I'll show you where you need to go, or whatever, oh. but it was him. But, but then later... The he, horse and the he, eagle are different characters, right? I mean, the same spirit. No, it's all, it's all Pan. They're all it's Pan. It's the, the old god Pan. Oh. And that's another thing I like about this game. They do what like is, this blend of a whole bunch of folklore, old gods, new gods, and stuff like that. I thought it, it was cool. Who is Pan? Like, uh... Religious the forest thing. nature god. Yeah, like, like a forest a, god. Okay. Like a green a, man. Pan's labyrinth. He's kind of a... Check. That, he, that's also the thing he's in. He's like a kind of a minotaur sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or what's the... Op, what's a, what's not a minotaur, but like a goat. So. Not a minotaur, but it's like Sagittarius! Minotaurs are horses centaur? and humans. No, oh, I think he's a, a goat. centaur is a horse. The minotaur is the two-legged one. Okay, so it's not that either. It's like, like a, a satyr. Sa- satyr? Satyr. Satyr, yeah. 
Yeah, that's more goat like. Is he? Oh, like you're saying in folklore, he can. Yes. All right, gotcha. So, is, how does that relate to Kintaro? <laughs> <laughs> He's like leopard, but four hands, right? So. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> so you, you go through a couple more stages. Like, I really wish we had the chapter list up here. It'd be a lot easier to go, go through these things. I'm going to take a break here because we're probably going to cut that out. I'll give you a briefing. Are we, are we going to do that right now? What happens in chapter five? What does happen in chapter five? That's the one where you're heading towards the castle, right? Yeah. You're heading towards so the castle six until, up until in the castle. You, you, had, you, you <laughs> do something. But, so you killed the crow. The crow oh, the crow. The, yeah, crow oh, the crow battle yeah, was crow really cool. There you go. Except I thought that was a really cool design building. How like how you make your way up through it and the, and oh, the, that multiple crow. puzzles in this game. Like I, I liked the. Oh my god! Although sometimes they were clunky, I liked the <laughs> style. How they like it seems like they really put effort into these puzzles. Sometimes like I liked the ability. You could say, "Hey, I don't want to do this puzzle. Just give me the answer." <laughs> it wasn't. Did you ever try that though? I only did it once, and Wait. it was the the, the chessboard in the DLC. And it, it's not very clear most of the time. If you ever do say, "I don't want the reward for this puzzle," tell me what the answer is. Most of the time, it just tells you what you already know. Like, oh well, you have to like unlock this puzzle to get down. <laughs> it's not like oh, clear. It doesn't give you a map or anything like that. That's the one that I did, it was just funny. like put the pieces in this spot. And yeah. I'm like, okay. No, I know the one you're talking about. That was a little. Wait, we need to describe the plot because if we don't, I'm just trying to. about all sorts of other. <laughs> yeah, right. That's where you're so, trying to get. So, to. okay. Yeah, I keep getting sidetracked. I'm sorry. So, pretty much, you go and you make your way to the vampire lord, and she tells you more in information about how these people were trying to do good, and it's kind of hopeless. Like they they were trying to do good, but they were tricked, and their trying to do good is what made this whole happen. Their dark side was left behind and kind of put the earth in peril and things like that. Did- did you you saw a part where it said they were tricked? Uh, maybe tricked is the wrong word. Their their quest to bring purity to the world and and become holy kind of damned the world. So I don't know if they were tricked, but they're pretty much the whole brotherhood of light is is bullshit because like their their founders selfishness it, yeah, basically yeah it was all the quest for the quest for knowledge led to greed and it led to you know I can't think of the word for it but pride and uh, so that's and that led to the dark side yeah yes so you kill the vampire lord which by the way i thought was what nate's giving me a look like he's trying to destroy my face oh i'm sorry i'm, <laughs> he I'm looks like he's focusing i'm slightly drunk and deeply concentrating yeah i want this to be good tell me more I'll, I'll come back to how the vampire lord death is like one of my favorite deaths when you impale her on the actual spire the of the castle <laughs> yeah, while it's falling apart it like gets really anime there he's like digging his feet <laughs> into the roof of the building and everything like that uh, it was hella anime i know he was he was just advisor but i feel like i can feel kojima in these cutscenes. like i don't know I, I love that kind of stuff but anyway so you you make your way through the vampire one and then you make your way to pan kind of helps you find the the land of the dead you're going to kill the lord of the necromancers or lord of the dead i'm not sure exactly what you call them but uh, go to start going to like very barren locales and things like that ends of the earth type stuff and you finally find the lord of the necromancers Hmm? in the crypt of the necrodancers no No. that would have been a great transition because the music in that part is the Oh, the music box. Music. That's my favorite. Baba Yaga's. Yes. 
All right, so after the vamp, that's that's what it is. After the vampire, uh, well, after you get to the music box, is it after the, the vampire? Or do you go to Baba Yaga's in the music box? Well, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So you go and you visit. Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm music gonna tell box? you. Is there like yeah, a so, jukebox scene later in this game where all the like? Yeah. If you've heard of, if you've heard of the uh, Baba Yaga folklore, she's like a witch that lives out in the woods, and her house is always like kind of changing or on legs and things like that. So you go and meet her. And after killing some scarecrows for her and getting some keys, she turns you small and puts you inside her music box, which is a puzzle. And the, the music oh, in the music yeah. box is really cool. Yeah, I, th- I believe that's the music from the original games that they redid. It'll probably it? be leading well, this podcast really cool. in, so. <laughs> isn't that the music from the original games that they redid? I don't know. We didn't make that one. Mm, I didn't. I, I meant would, to look that up because I know there is, like, awesome. Easter eggs for, like, the old games where they included some of the old music. And I thought that, I was like, this must be where it is, but I'm not familiar enough, even though... The opening of Castlevania is my ringtone. I am not familiar <laughs> enough with the Castlevania songs to know if that was it or not. Not this game, the original Castlevania. Ringtone. Wait, the original Castlevania? It's not Baskerville, right? The original Castlevania opening song is my ringtone, is the sentence I'm trying to <laughs> say. So, after uh, you go through the music box, you give Baba Yaga the blue flower, and she gets you into the um, land of the dead with her witch powers. This is the first time where Zobek, Patrick Stewart's character, starts to show a little bit of nefariousness, because in the um, narration, he's like, oh, she she mentions something I don't like. Once Gabriel is finished with her, I'm going to murder her, (laughs) or something like that. Like, pretty much exactly what he says. That's quite Uh, And you're like, that's kind of strange okay and then at the end he's like why is this guy following me around gabriel saw her because i killed her yeah it's like what she can't be trusted anymore or something like that so you make it to the land of the dead and eventually you you are about to fight the lord of the necromancers but he decides and he's like gabriel says you're not going to stop me and he's like no i'm not going to stop you so then he goes inside of this big skeletal dragon and he's like this big it's skeletal a, fucking it's dragon the frost is worm from wrath of the lich king <laughs> check speaking of which i need to put that on my list nerd <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where it went the pen you lost the pen i may anyway. have lost the pen this is two pens i stole from you now go on <clears throat> so you fight a big bone dragon and I really liked the way they described what a dragon's doing in this game because dragons used to be on the earth and like necromancers had the power to raise anything not just people and it's going to raise a dragon and fight you so then you fight the dragon and you get the final piece of the god mask you assemble the god mask and then Patrick Stewart starts laughing at you and it turns out he was behind the whole deal he's, it was zobek the whole time the zobek is the one who cast the spell that separated the heaven from the earth because he was jealous of the lords of shadows power and he was jealous of them bickering with each other he wanted he all the power for himself uh, not necessarily it's not too clear on that i think he was actually not no he is because you go and you get his blood then in why the would dlc you, the, oh yeah that's true but why do you get the god mask by killing the lord of the necromancers not him then that's what I wondered. But either way. So, he was behind it the whole time. So, he, because Hideo Kojima cannot make a game without making somebody control your arm for you, he says, you can't kill me, Gabriel, because I'm in control of your arm, because it's your dark arm. Because <laughs> oh! <laughs> he got it from the, the Dark Knight. Because he got it from, yeah, the, the Dark Gauntlet. So, 
he pretty much just like without even like raising a finger or anything just with magic kills gabriel and gabriel's dead and then patrick stewart's all celebrating like what what rule the world and stuff and then satan comes out of nowhere and satan's like ha 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 no <laughs> remember when you got all this power it wasn't your idea at all i put this idea in your mind and i don't need you anymore and he makes zobek burst into flames just snaps and he's like and then satan comes down and then marie gabriel's wife in the spirit uh, hey, realm um, you forgot to mention satan's completely naked the yeah. entire game satan's naked dude you didn't know that How big you guys is not dick? not cool with satan <laughs> it's it's obscured by shadow but oh. i imagine it's quite large i would think so too <laughs> although that guy given, sure is a massive dick if you know what i mean so, <laughs> I was, given his behavior it actually might be quite small so flash to Gabriel, who's dead and about to be sucked into the spirit realm or something like that. Uh, Marie comes to him and says, no, you can't. You can't take him yet. It's not his time. He's our only hope. And he lets whatever ghost spirits or whatever send him back. Help us, Gabriel Belmont. You're yeah, our only hope. Pretty much. And Gabriel comes back and fucks up Satan, kills the shit out of Satan. It was an awesome fucking pretty much Dragon Ball Z battle. And <laughs> okay. So... And he defeats Satan. He that, gets the God Mask, and that fight was actually way easier than the next fight. But the last well, the, fight. the next fight is DLC, so we're not going to speak of the DLC. Well, we, we have will. to. We will, but I'm just going to keep say, it keep it simple here for now. Rip. So, so the end of the after, game is you so after you beat Satan, Satan, you send you send Satan you, you you kill Satan, but he's like the only reason you could kill him because he was on the earthly uh, realm trying to do this whole thing where he could make it and be on the same level as God with the power of the God mask and everything like that. But you fuck him up and you find out that by getting your life back, you're kind of cursed to, to live. Now you can't be with Marie. She's going to go to heaven and you're going to be stuck on earth and everything like that. So it's kind of a, a sad ending. And you're like, oh, okay. He he's a little sad about it. Laura comes and say, hey, what's up, kid? She doesn't actually say anything. She just kind of gives you, a, you know, one of those like, chin there. Thanks, right yeah. thanks, thanks for stabbing me. Thanks for killing me, dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's not the subtext I read from her <laughs> that's look. That's exactly but... what I saw. Like, <laughs> really? So then the really? game's over and there's credits. But then there's another. But wait, ending. there's an epilogue. So flash to a church. And some a shadowy figure walks into a church. Who looks breaks, like it's probably Gabriel. Breaks probably. into breaks down a wall and goes into a secret part of a church. Starts levitating up to another level of this church. Flying. And walks up and reveals his hood to show that he's Zobek. Oh no, it was Fucking Zobek hell. the whole time! <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so then Zobek is talking to somebody on a throne and... The somebody on a throne leads forward, and it turns out it's Gabriel, but he's all fucked up looking. And he and says, "Like, and he's don't like, call me, don't call me, don't call me Gabriel, don't call me Gabriel, something, something, Dracul, yeah, so El Dracul, and he's Dracula, <laughs> he's Dracula. So he uh, Zobek does something, and uh, Dracula goes for Zobek, and then Zobek does some kind of spell and blasts Dracula out the window, and you flat he." flies into a street in current day cars, cars about to hit him people, cell in the phones, middle of the road cops. and Dracula's just hanging out in the middle of the road about to get hit by a car and it's fucking ridiculous and then Zobek's like but I need your help yeah so during daylight no good, it's nighttime it's good okay. question all right just wanted to make sure that we had it gone completely off the rails no there's head headlights I mean come on let's be serious now Craig yeah <laughs> so they so so then you're super excited, and then the game's over. 
So that sounds like this the game. part where the game should begin. Is there another chapter after that of DLC? There's, there's another there's, game. There's Lords of Shadow 2, which we'll talk about in a second here, but there's also two bits of DLC which kind of explain how you became Dracula. How you became Dracula. Wait, whoa, whoa, what? The, the daylight daytime thing, that's part of this? That's not part of the DLC? What? What? Yeah, that's part of that. That's not part of the DLC. That's oh. the end of the game. Oh. Then, then the DLC goes back to right after your fight with Satan. Laura calls you back to the castle. The little girl. The, the, little, the little vampire, vampire girl, girl that you guys never met because you never played the game. Yeah. Hey. Not oh. Laura. What's her name? Yeah. No, Claudia was the mute bitch. Laura is the vampire girl. Yeah. Sorry. Not bitch, but another word. <laughs> um, mute. One that's not fucking mute and sexist? Well, he's going to come up with a word in a second now. Okay. <laughs> I was Wait. trying to think of what she was. They had like a race for her and everything like that. They were the it's people like that Gypsy were in control of the Titans, Titan the Masters. All right. Yeah, he uh, was. <laughs> That's where the name came from. The dragon. Holy cow, okay. Thanks. So anyway, the the young vampire calls you back to the castle and she informs you that of course, because this is DLC, there is a demon literally called the Forgotten One. Which I was like <laughs> forgot to put him in the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's awesome, one thing actually. I will say about this. I, like I thought it I thought it was kind of sad that they didn't incorporate a way for him to become Dracula in the game. They they showed how it happens in the DLC, which I thought was dumb because this, that's what pretty much what this whole game is. It's the origin story of Dracula for the Castlevania series. But how does he become Dracula in the DLC? So, so you have to go to the to this So apparently before the 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 the, the three Lords of Shadow became Lords of Shadow. They locked well, up three this lords demon. of light before they were the lords of shadow. Mm-hmm. They locked yeah. up this deep, this demon, and forgot about him. There was a family that lived in the Castlevania castle. Uh, I, there has to be a name for this castle, but anyway, Vania, <laughs> the castle of Vania. <laughs> so the family that lived there summoned this demon, and he was far too powerful and they were for like, them. So he destroyed whoops. them all. <laughs> and then the the three had to. They couldn't defeat the demon, but they could lock it up. So they locked it in this prison deep within the bowels of the castle. And so when you actually, so when you kill them, they're like, "Oh, I guess we can't keep them locked yeah. up down Their there." Their power anymore, has depleted, so. so he's coming out of his prison now. So the young vampire is all worried, and she's like, "Oh, you should probably do something about that." So then you're like, <laughs> "Fine, I guess. I guess he's all mopey." It's the, there was one thing cool thing about the DLC. I'll say they had uh, the voice actor for Gabriel take over from Patrick Stewart. And I also like that voice actor. I, I thought, it, yeah, the narration. I thought. Th- did you just he say did your favorite thing about the DLC game. was that they had the voice actor for Gabriel, the main character? No, of the, the his narration. He I was the his narration, narration okay, was very well. Of Patrick Stewart. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Just Patrick Stewart was in, dead in theory. Possibly, I guess he's not dead, but he did get burnt alive. So. But he was already dead. Deadish. Yeah, you can't get more dead than dead. Anyway, <laughs> so you go and you do all these puzzles because the the DLC isn't very combat heavy until the very end. But you do all these puzzles to open up the prison, and then right before you get into the prison, Laura tells you, not Laura, yeah, Laura, the vampire tells you, oh, you can't go in there if you're a human. You have to be a vampire, so you're gonna have to drink all my blood and kill me, and or just be like, I'm happy being a human. That's cool, and thanks. So yeah, that's what he says. And then she's like, but nah, I kind of want to die and you have to save the world. You're an idiot if you don't kill me. And he's like, fine, I'll kill you. So then you drink all her blood and you become a vampire. You go in, you go to fight the Forgotten One. I kind of liked chasing the Forgotten One. 
that part of the game I, I found was all right. But fighting the Forgotten One, I thought was the biggest bullshit because I like the combat of this game a lot. But it's like he cheats. <laughs> the man, it took me forever. Oh, to fight it's that such fight. a hard battle. Like you can't block anything. You can barely dodge. Like all you can do is run away from him for a long time and then hit him when you get a chance. So sounds like the uh, whole game. No, the combat. Uh, what do you think about the combat in this game? I thought the combat was really good. Nope. Like what? Toward combat was pretty good, but yeah. it it takes a it, while to to get the hang of it. Everything took too long to kill. Yes. 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 Everything was difficult. Yes. No. It. I don't that it was. I don't think they were difficult. They just took like yeah. like the whole thirty hits to kill anything. Yeah. And like, do you use like the? I'm listening to. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Right. Now they're listening to. Okay. Cool. It felt like nothing. Not only did it, did it take too long to kill the enemies, and we had turned down the difficulty to easy, too, just to see if it would change it, but it felt like they weren't reacting to the hits I was issuing. Like, I think it, the, the, the combat was very counter-heavy, and if you don't use counters and things like that, then it takes a lot longer. Like Once you start having your combo meter get like really high, I feel like it's way more reactive and the battles go faster. So... Which seems a know, little like counter. Maybe, just, yeah. and I guess that makes sense to encourage it's you to use the counter. counterintuitive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you win, Craig. You win. <laughs> but no, like, I, I do hear what you guys are saying. The battles can take a long time, and, like, it demands, like, paying attention. That's why I like it better than, like, God of War Combat, because in God of War Combat, I feel like you can just smash buttons until the people are dead, and it's easy. And this, I feel like, if you, you have to pay attention to every battle, or you will die. Like, you can die in oh. any regular confrontation Did easily you only just smash buttons yeah oh yeah i didn't even i was god i rolled all around and only used the x button basically I mean, for all yeah but i mean purposes. like no no offense or anything but you like only got through the like werewolves and everything like that like once you like fight like the vampires and the the skeletons and stuff like that i, so that, I feel like they're that's a lot totally more fair difficult. and a big part of my and the, the wraiths the sword wraiths uh I think you're overselling it a bit. I I probably am. I I'm a fan of the combat. I I really like the counter system. I thought it was it was on. The only thing I don't like about it is the dashing. I don't like double tapping an analog stick. Oh it's my god, that was horrible. Me. Yeah, I wish they just had a button to dash. It could have been worse. I was having real troubles with remembering like what powers I had to activate in what order in order to like punch statues across the room, which is I I fine. know exactly what you mean. At one point, I'm like. I needed. I, I thought I needed the shield for something. Square and then. At one point, I thought I needed the shield for something, and so I was like, "How do I do that?" And then I was like, "I have no idea." So I went and looked through the book, and there's like 30 pages worth of moves, and I was like, "I don't even know where to look at this for this thing." Oh, okay, and it, it so was the third page that I wasn't looking in, and yeah, uh, that's like super relevant. There were some moments, especially around the time the fairies were being introduced, that we were like, legitimately. Like, it would give us the instructions of what to do, like, activate the shadow power and then blank. And I was like, well, okay, but, like, where do, what exactly is the shadow power? And what, is, like, I was stuck on really Sha- basic questions sometimes, even when it was giving me instructions, and it, I kind of felt stupid. The, the way that right the game, oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, uh, you go. No, I think. When playing through it, at least the portion that we played through it, I think when you've done probably, what, 10 hours, like, you have a good feel for what's happening here. Like, you had been introduced to multiple powers. You had both different types of magic going on. But I think the, the critical part of the damage that you're dealing to the enemy is not truly 
having an effect or really feeling like it's making an impact on people, like, substantially hinders my appreciation of the combat of the game when that's happening. Like, the actual moment-to-moment combat, which is going to take up the majority of the gameplay, not feeling substantive, I guess, in the way that the enemies are interacting with you, that was, like, that's, like, the critical part where I'm not enjoying the moves. And even learning all the different movesets, it feels like there's so many moves and so many different combos, it almost feels like they've added such a number to have a number, to be like, well, we have all of these things, as opposed to having a little bit more trimmed down, but more kind of substantial or more effective different maneuvers. Did you ever look at the weaknesses of the the things you're fighting? No, No, how would I... Definitely yeah, didn't do that. But I did look. That's in the bestiary menu, right, or something like that. Yeah, in the yeah. bestiary. Every, every single thing has almost. I take it back. There are two two people that don't, but okay. you didn't even get come close to them. But everything else has a weakness, and so they're like, they do. They take triple damage from daggers, or if you use fairies well in the light power, they'll take double damage or all kinds I of stuff. Like did a so terrible so job of it, explaining that. If I can, if no, I can try to. No, it didn't. Because every time you touch the new enemy, it said check the beast, Jerry. And I'm sure if we did that, oh yeah, it had really to know. Know. It, took a, like, it took a half a second to press back, and right. it, it showed it you this. It could have literally been like, "Hey, Craig, you big dumb idiot, press B more often in this battle." We wouldn't really know, but. It, it, it but, takes you a half a second to look at the graph and it'd be like, oh, these are the things that... It, well, excuse me, there's a graph? Uh, I, yeah, like, okay. yeah, there's a graph that shows so but, like a table. How right. much effect so it takes you out effect. of the game but, but as part a, of an action combat thing. Like, no, but this is the thing. A like, there's a table so, for every enemy. I par- barely paid any attention to their weaknesses. The reason I went to every bestiary thing is because the writing was so good on these, like... I really feel like you would have missed out if you didn't read about, like, even, like, something as simple as, like, the fucking... Uh, skeletons like they have really cool flavor text as to like why this thing is what it is and what binds it here and all this stuff like There's hitting the bestiary thing was like I would hit the button and find out what was going on in this world and it was explained so that wasn't taken out of, out of the game for me they had bestiary entries for the like the main characters with a bunch of extra back flavor and, story and they, they filled it in as it went along too so you could go back to somebody oh I didn't even realize yeah, that like after Zobek turns into a dick but I wanted to go back to what you guys were talking about. Like, first off, with you feel like they didn't go do a good job explaining it, Nate and Craig. Like, you didn't feel that tactile response from the enemies. Like, yeah. sorry, what? Sorry, I was. I feel like they did a really good job of explaining a lot of things in the game. Too much so, but just yeah. sometimes I was dumb about trying to figure out how all of the explanations I've been given, like. Affected well, what that, I was supposed to be doing in the environment, and, and that's, 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 that's what I was going to say. I, and instead, the cues were given through words. Yeah, yeah I feel like they just Which over-explained a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, it, I feel like it was yeah. confusing because, like, if this was any other game, like, it's not that complex of a system, really. The the dark magic makes you more powerful. Thir- the light magic hours, gives you, gives you thirty hours in. It's not that complicated. <laughs> well, playing through it again, yes, I, I t- can totally see that. Like, I'm the odd man out here because like obviously I knew all this stuff before going into it but yeah. pretty much the dark magic makes you more powerful the light magic gives you health back and protects you so makes like you, a vampire. you have four <laughs> you have four projectiles you have four projectiles fairies holy water knives and the dark crystal and those are affected by light or dark so if you use one of them while it's light it's going to do something for your health if you use one while it's dark it's going to be more powerful and that's pretty much it for all the moves the 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 confusing thing for me was like 
the gauntlet and when you when you can punch down if you hold l2 and press triangle when you can punch forward if you hold l2 and press square the, like the moves list was like so long yeah. and then it was like in the air press x y y hold the third y yeah. followed by x x hold the third x and it does and like, right. that part uh, does get really complicated but like you were saying I about how you so. didn't feel feel the enemies were were responding to your hits like i don't i this is going to sound like I'm a dick, but I hope I'm not sounding like a dick. Like the enemies do block a lot in this game and like they do, they do avoid they do. attacks yeah. a lot. So like, that's what I like about this. Like you can like you, if you, once you start learning those combos, like you can like hit them at the right time and get this like crazy combo where like you hit them up into the air and then back down and then back into the air and throw them across the stage and do all this crazy shit and yeah, just I, destroy the fuck out of them. And I, it's so good. But if you miss any one thing on that, then yeah, you're fucked and they're going to like, punish you for it so i certainly feel like i could do really cool things with the combat system but i feel like part of that is because each like specific encounter with every enemy lasted so long yeah it's really cool that i could bring them up in the air smash them down to the ground blah 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 like stomp on their face you know bite off their dick and keep going but like why would each enemy take that much time to defeat rather than like like executing a super badass combo and then being dead well, like it one badass. Like, it sounds like you're talking about God of War. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, and I can, I like God of War. Like, I can understand that that thing. Like, you feel super powerful because you destroyed this guy. But in these battles, I felt like smarter because, like, I like took my time and I waited. Like, it almost has like a little bit of Dark Souls where you have to wait sometimes for them to try to hit you. You counter that and then you start your combo. That kind of thing. The parries did look. I, the like, parries were fucking badass. dope. Yeah, How, they were so satisfying. Although I never could be bothered to do them, but whenever I accidentally did them, I was like, "Yeah!" So question. there were a bunch of there were a bunch of times where you would fight like <clears throat> three of the medium sized guys, mm-hmm. like the coffins or the <clears throat> the big werewolves or yeah, whatever. The not the, not the yeah, the greater ones. The greater wargs. Like every time I saw like that there were going to be three of them, I'd be like, "Oh Jesus, this is going to be another fifteen minute fight where I'm going to spend the whole time countering, and then if I screw it up once, then I'm going to have to restart the entire thing again." Yeah. Like one thing those I did were the things. That, one thing I did thought like that was a moment of dread for me. Like I don't want to fight three people, but like what they did do in this game is you can actually like skip things like that. Like in all those stages is like some some like thing you need to pull down with your combat cross to get out of that area, and you can just like throw knives at the 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 greater werewolves like throw a couple knives and then pull down the thing a little bit and then throw more knives and pull down the thing and you actually don't have to fight them like you could just go and do your own thing like uh, yeah they're they're getting you out of their own gameplay but at the same time it's like i thought it was kind of cool i was like yeah fuck these guys and you have to do that like in this game there's challenges for all the stages like if you go back into a stage it gives you a pop-up in your book that says try beating this stage i did a couple of those is there any reward for that there's like trophies i think hmm. and you get more points because you eventually i don't know if did you get enough to get your full darkness and full light i magic? got full darkness i unlocked full light and got about halfway there when i finished yeah so you it you can get that but other than that it's just like trophies and achievements and whatnot but i don't know i thought it was interesting question uh, mechanically like about the end i don't know if this had an effect on others but having the like roll be the same as your block the same button drove me nuts. Like, I'd be just barely touching an analog stick and I'd roll out of the way instead of throwing up a block to try and parry something. And I was... That was something that, like, absolutely drove me insane. Yeah, I feel like it did the first time I played the game, too, probably. But I'm used to it now. But yeah, I was used to it from Ninja Gaiden. Well, so I, I, isn't there other games that do this? Or is that... 
pretty uncommon. I feel like it's pretty common. Roll roll block. So I guess it's just I, about the dead zone of your stick, really. Is what it yeah. comes down to. Did um. So the the thing that I was curious about it is it is the roll becomes basically your cancel. So if you're like in the middle of a, a right. combo, you can cancel out of your cancel out with a roll most of the time. I what I really felt like later in the game is that I needed that cancel from the air. I needed an air cancel. Yeah. So that was my question. Especially the air. final battle. Yeah. If you had an air cancel, I feel like I could have beat him like on the second try. Because you had to yeah. jump up and like be attacking his shoulder. Yeah. And then because they have like, this oh. horrible thing on the final battle of the DLC where you can only attack certain parts of the enemy because he has this armor, and like the final part is his head, and he's like four times the size of you. You, so you have, have to, like, to do a double, double jump, jump or wait for him to put his head down. But he's just oh, constantly yeah. attacking you and you can't block any of his attacks. You can barely dot. You have to get like so awful. far away from him. Oh, it's so bad. That was like, fights a pain. Just, just play to the end of the game and then don't worry about the DLC. Like it's not even, there's not even cutscenes. They use those like motion <laughs> comics. I was, I was <laughs> looking cool. at that. It looks like they did like, like storyboarded and they were like, okay, this is going to be the, <laughs> This is yeah. what it, this is what the graphic will look like eventually, yeah. and they're like, "Ah, eh, we'll just leave that in there." Yeah, <laughs> after you after you beat the final of the forgotten one, and then they give you that crappy like that ending, like it's just like a poorly drawn picture that moved once. I was like, "Are you serious?" Oh, that was bad. Don't play the DLC, and it was also fifteen dollars each when it came out. Oh it was God. like a total Jeez. fucking total fucking punch in the gut, like. Because I love this game. I was like, oh, they have more DLC. Let me get it. And I was like, oh, my God. This you, is you so bad. You bought them? Yeah, I bought them. That's a bummer. Man, I feel, okay. Yeah. I'm glad to know that I wasn't alone in the air dodge. That was, I was like, I enjoy kind of like the Devil May Cry aspect of being able to toss enemies in the air or being in the air and being able to stay suspended and, like, cause damage. But then instantly, anytime, like, even seeing an attack is coming, I'm like, I recognize there's an attack coming. But I have no way to yeah. counteract. Much, I have nothing to do except get hit in the air. Was well, pretty much you use the guillotine, which is a downward attack. Attack. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same as a for, dodge for though. that. <clears throat> for that last boss, like everything you. Thanks, Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> for that final boss, everything you're doing is in the air. But as soon as you do a combo you're going to be in the air too long that you're going to get hit. So you have to like do these triple jumps to do a single hit so that you're not getting into a combo, hit the ground and run away. Yeah. It was so annoying. Yeah. It was really bad. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like, uh, although it sounds like a good skill to have practiced for combat in the main game. Yeah. But that's just feels uh, like bad design for the encounters. All right. So, Right before the break, I was talking about why I actually did appreciate the DLC. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing my homework, and by that I mean I've been watching a whole bunch of Vinnyvania, which is this is this great video, video series. series by the Giant Bomb guys, Vinny Caravella. I do love playing. Vinny. He's one of my favorites, if not yeah. my favorite. But yeah. he's been playing through all for the last years now. He's been playing through the old Castlevanias, and so I've been watching him play trying to play through (laughs) hammering against these games but what one of the things i learned is that both at the end of castlevania one four and maybe even three dracula always has a second form Mm -hmm. and his second form is the forgotten one (laughs) 
Yeah, that makes sense. It, you you just like look at them and they look similar. So it it totally made sense to me how if this really is a prequel to those games, like this is how he got, he, he that, got power. that power and that it's in him and then it breaks out of him after his initial form is destroyed. Deep. I didn't even pick that up. And I watched the video series as well, so I'm just I never beat the of, of, of original Castlevania. That game was stupid fucking hard. I tried I, so many times. Which I've, original are you talking heard, about like original Castlevania NES, NES. or are we talking about yeah. like classic Castlevania Symphony of the Night PS one era? Like NES, although NES, I one, also two, never three. beat Symphony of the Night and I like that game. I Super Castlevania's on the Super Nintendo. Okay. And uh, I just started watching the Rondo of Blood one, which is on is like triple triple emulated. I don't even know what system it was on. <laughs> I want to say, was it just a Vita game? Is that possible or Rondo a PlayStation Blood? One game? Being a Vita game, yeah, that's probably not. Not possible. Vita. I'm at PSP. Rondo was like a like a what do you call it? Something sixty four. Nintendo sixty four. Like a it's the, Commodore sixty four. The, like a there's like a PC Engine sixty four or something oh. like that. I can't remember what it's called. But then they emulated it onto the Wii, and then they have the Wii U emulating the Wii. That's emulating the anyway. Anyway, not important. The Wikipedia timeline of all the Castlevania games is kind of impressive. Back from nineteen eighty six to now. Oh, the real timeline. I, I thought you were saying like the, the yeah. Zelda timeline like which zelda yeah. 2 comes yeah. for the last well there's those n64 <laughs> castlevania games that fucking are not canon or anything like that like they don't there's apparently there's a bunch that aren't canon and, yeah. and then there's like three two or three different universes now yeah. with the lords of shadows its own universe yep. but it could just be a prequel that's the cool part about it for me it's it's especially with this knowledge of the forgotten it's one's like powers. a J.J. Abrams, he does the same thing over and over for every movie he makes. It's yes, a, he does. It's a re-prequel, reboot. Or a pre-boot. A pre-boot. <laughs> He's a robot. All right, so... Um, a bad robot. So, but, but while we're talking about the stuff from Vinnie there are a couple of like other inspirations, very Castlevania-y things that I saw in this game, and there were a couple that were kind of missing. Like... The, the one thing I liked about playing this after having watched all that is I definitely saw them hit all the same notes. Like, of course, the whip, the whip that's not a whip in this game, but it's whip-like. Combat cross. The combat cross. All the weapons from the holy water to daggers. The boomerang, you don't actually get a boomerang in this game, but some of the enemies use a boomerang against you. Uh-huh. So that, I thought, kind of was in there. I didn't see the time stopper. Uh, there is a time machine. There's a time machine. Okay, that's and you go forward in time. Kind of close. <laughs> so many of the different bad guys were stuff from there. Um, Frankenstein made his way into the game, which I was very excited about. Uh, but it's like it was Doctor Frankenstein. A, it's a Franken spider. It's not no, but you really... don't fight Frankenstein. You fight Frankenstein's abomination. What? A, but the but not which is cool. It's a mechanical scorpion made out of like pieces, parts, and <laughs> it's very. It's a brain-looking thing. Its brain and head is a fetus. So, like, oh. he has this, like, damned fetus that's powering this mechanical scorpion thing. That's <laughs> really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah that's it is. They kept talking in, in Vinivania about how these birds kept dropping midgets, mm-hmm. and the birds dropped the chupacabras in this game. I'm like, oh, it makes all the sense now. This I hate the, the chupacabras. Yeah, they were really annoying. Super annoying. But it... But, it was Did the, the first time I was like... Did the chupacabra or they dropped little trolls or something like that, right? 
Because the, the chupacabra is the thing that steals your powers from you. Yeah. yeah in this game, they dropped one of those in the. Oh, they dropped one. Oh. Yeah. What's that? I was, I was trying to remember what the point of the chupacabra was like. Besides adding Dem- a moment of you having to. That's go on exactly up. what it is. That is you getting Metroided yeah. over and over, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> how about how about that? Getting Metroided in a Castlevania game. Yeah. If only those things all were related somehow. Me. The one, the the other thing I think they were missing was flying Medusa heads. I don't think I saw any flying Medusa heads in this game. No Medusa at all in this yeah. game. So that was hmm. kind of a big. It's a letdown. Yeah. We didn't play Castlevania: Lords of Shadow two though. Maybe they're saving the. Uh... Oh. <laughs> did you never? Did you ever play that point? Turns out Marie is Medusa. Now I no, I haven't. Like uh, I heard really bad things about it. Yeah, and I liked this game so much that I like didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let Dracula be Dracula. One of the other things they did is provide in a very stark and like serious game a little bit of campiness, like the fact that you're playing hot and cold with him and he's saying things like smoking and stuff like that. There's a couple oh, other instances. There's the butcher fight, which like I thought was although grotesque it was kind of funny like there's a moment when you're playing tug of war with a sword with this giant fat demon butcher and like all of a sudden like you're pulling the sword and he's pulling the sword and then gabriel like looks at the camera and pretty much like does a little like grin and lets the sword (laughs) go and it fucking like goes into the guy's head and i just thought i was like oh that's fucking cute that okay uh, that, that does sound actually pretty entertaining there was another time when you're turning a crank like you do in many uh, instances in this game and it's the first yep. time the skeleton's introduced to you and every time you turn the crank it's like a view where you can see behind you oh it's like walking up and the up skeleton on you. is here and you go and you can't see it and then you pull it back and he's a little bit closer and then he's a little closer and a little closer as you turn it yep. that, was, that little bit of camp they put into the game to make it like kind of just a little like break from all the seriousness I thought was cool I actually did like that moment while we're kind of on the same topic there's something weird about the pacing in this game where they kept being like all right, we're going to go kill the vampire, and this next stage, you're going to kill the vampire. Okay, now kill this troll. You're like, what? What? Why is the troll? Okay, let me kill this troll. And then it was like, all right, now you're really going to kill the vampire, only we're going to kill her daughter. All right, now you're really going to kill the vampire, only this is the vampire's brother's, like, you're like what the hell? Was, was it right after the crow witch where uh, Pan, Pan turns into the eagle? Is that when that happens? Yep. Whatever whatever it is you fight right before that, I like right after that I was like, this was a completely unworthy little journey here because you pretty much went to this place, you fought something, and then he's like, Alright, I'm gonna fly you where you're really going now. Like you yeah. have fun? Was that a good little trip for you? Okay, now let's go to the castle. Right. Yeah. There's some yeah, there's some weird stuff. He gets like sidetracked that. easy. He just the thing is Gabriel just wants to destroy everything. There were moments throughout this game that I was wondering, I'm like, why am I telling you? Like yeah. you seem like a, a giant Kind of colossus or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't just a nice nice here hanging out here. Why know, do I need to murder in, you? You're in pieces yeah. on the ground. I came in and woke you up, and then I just like kept stabbing your knees with the weird dark siders hey. guy. Wow. Hey, hey, wake hey. up! What? Wake up! Yeah. Hey. I need to murder you. Wake up. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, this is where the final Titan who has guarded this lake for years lives. Yeah. Well, that's not going to work. (laughs) I kind of wanted to talk to my wife for like 12 minutes. So you're going to have to die. (laughs) Pretty much. I I think that was actually the one where I was the most, where I was just like, why did I? And there didn't seem to be any exposition after the battle. I was like, all right, no, 
explain what, let, like, why this happened, why this had to happen, why this. Let me let you in on the secret, than, Craig. It's because the developers played some other games. Yes. Oh, yeah. One of those games, like what? Was clearly Shadow of the Colossus oh. because there's huge inspiration. I know all the Titan battles, obviously. I have a whole list of things that I think inspired this game. Yep. Which I thought was really cool. It was them like aping everything under the sun. The words God of War clone came up a lot talking about this game. So God of War we talked about. Yep. Shadow of the Colossus was a huge one. Yep. Even to the part where the, the, the dragon fight at the end felt like the bird Colossus fight. The butcher was totally the butcher from Diablo 2 or 2 and 3. The, the climbing feels totally uncharted for most of it. Not as good as uncharted, but yes. I, I was going to I was gonna say this for later, but why not throw it in now? Like, I think the, the climbing pieces of this game were better than Uncharted 1. I think that the climbing looked better in this game, but I feel like it controlled not as the, well. The platforming, yeah, I, I if, the you, if you could take platforming away from climbing, yes. the platforming was horrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, but the climbing was really cool, the clim- and it looked it looked awesome. Like the way that they had you ascend some of these places was like the, the there's that one tower where you have to climb up it, and then you crash through all the windows and stuff like that. Like I thought that was really fucking cool too. Oh yeah. well, yes, that's yeah. what you get when you control the camera. You you get to control perspective in this, where other games you're climbing, you still have free control of being able to move the camera. So that's another inspiration. I don't know if it's on your list, but the Resident Evil locked perspective that they played around oh, with sometimes. One. Yeah. And that's what allowed them to have such beautiful like scenery yes, in the this, background yeah. of their games and things like that. I think it's fair to say, like just in general third person action games. Yeah. They, any action they definitely you can see that obviously they played other games within the genre and tried to um take some of those ideas or at least improve upon them in some way Devil or another. May Maybe Cry, not certainly. Devil May Cry. I mean, yeah. I think this is a, a strong third-person character action game, but like, there's certain games like Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, uh, Devil May Cry that this game was clearly influenced by, I think. So, and so it's not a bad thing. So Breaking the Dark Crystal definitely was the anima summon from Final Fantasy X. Yep, so, yeah, wow. the summon thing, I was like, oh, oh. I feel like there was pre- games before that Final Fantasy that had that yeah. style summon, though. Like, it's like super so. specific, like coming out of the ground, it like coming out from its own feathers. It, yeah. It's like the, that everything went dark and then that there was like circling around. It was the, so the music totally was similar the, as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's not the same, but yeah. I said Castlevania in this list because it was so like similar to the old ones with not being the same, but you know, I don't know if so, that one really counts or not. Interesting little tidbit there. This game was originally developed as, to be a Castlevania with Simon Belmont, and then uh, Konami said no to Mercury's team, like, we don't want to do this Castlevania idea, make another game. So they started changing it into Lords of Shadow, and then when Hideo Kojima got involved, he was like, why isn't this Castlevania? And that's the majority of what oh. he did for this game is make it Castlevania again. Make it, but they most of this game wasn't supposed to be Castlevania. It they is interesting since it's a Western developer too giving a take on it. I know Mercury Sims based out of Spain, if I recall. Yeah, Spanish. So, so obviously you were you were Metroided a bunch in this game. All of a sudden you just sucked all your powers away, and it's a good you know Metroid callback. That that the Ice Dragon was totally Wrath of the Lynch King. Lich, 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 Lich King? King? Was Wrath of the Lich King out 
prior to this releasing? Oh, that's a good point. I might be better. Like I, I was going to say, I don't know which way that goes. So this came out in 2010. There's also the light and dark powers, which I'm sure were in other games, but reminded me most of Outland. I don't know if any of you guys played uh, oh, was Outland. My house yes. one of the best of all. Three Love three. that game. I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, they actually do. They actually play around with that. Like there's enemies later on where you have to have red to like get past certain barriers and you have to have blue to hit them if they're red and things that's like that. That's awesome. So that's they play around much. with that later on in the game too. That reminds um, me of, I would even go further back and say like Ikaruga or one of the other like bullet hell games prior to Outland. That's the one I was trying to remember, Ikaruga. Yeah, Ikaruga was, oh God, the game's good. So it turns out the Wrath of the Lich King came out in 2008, so that's what, two years prior to this game? Yeah, two years before, so yeah. So that checks out. The last one, I'm pretty sure it's not a coincidence, is when you go and you fight Death, they say that he's an expert in aperture magic because he's <laughs> making all these point portals. Wait, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and then there's totally the cake. a portal rope. Also, you know. What was this? No, there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the cake is a lie. <laughs> you got the joke. Okay. Uh, right. So uh, I wanted to ask, obviously. I hope I didn't... No, I, I'm kind of happy that I built everybody's expectations up, but what were your expectations coming into this game? I knew that you really liked this game. That was my main impression. You're a smart guy. So I was like, this is clearly the best game of all time. Uh, I think I would summarize my experience coming into this game as being like, with Ninja Gaiden and very limited experience with a couple other platforms. and I, Platformers, but I feel like... Ninja Gaiden is really the one that informed my, like, kind of opinion on the combat specifically. Because Ninja Gaiden isn't too platforming heavy, so there wasn't really... That's... I kind of compared the platforming more to God of War. But that was kind of what led me to the expectation that the combat should feel really tight. I'd always heard reviewers talk about the overabundance of mechanics in a game being a bad thing, and I've never agreed with that until this game it began to feel like there was so much thrown in. And it might have been how they were presenting it. But... But you think, don't even know. You didn't even get to the chess game in the middle of it. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. It's actually serious. He's but serious. I think that that like, specific comment was one of my main influences coming into this game, was the idea that there was this point of too many mechanics. And I was very like opposed to that. And I think that kind of debating that issue was one of the things that was kind of going through my mind as I played this game, which I thought was really cool and interesting, actually. What I about you, that- Craig? Did you have any kind of expectations coming into the game, let down? So like I guess where I was coming at the game from was I remember when the game launched and I was excited by it because the genre is one that I enjoy playing across, you know, it, whether it is a Ninja Gaiden or it is god of war or just in general third person action games are ones that i enjoy uh, that perspective that type of uh narrative the the way that you can interact with things from that perspective is something that interests me so where i spent a lot of time just in gaming history playing those types of games i was really interested by it and i heard good things about it and maybe i had more rose tinted glasses looking backwards than then the game was received when it actually came out because I thought, remembering back, that it was like really well received, that people was like universally acclaimed. But then actually looking into like reviews, I was like seeing some people were rating it and like good, like it was in that range, right? Like in the 
good, maybe not even up to great, but like somewhere in that type of conversation where in my memory, I was thinking back of it of being like amazing. So when I started playing the game, I was like, this is going to be an amazing experience. And I love playing a God of War game mechanically for like eight to 10 hours, eight to 12 hours, whatever it might be. Like being able to expand upon that and saying, you're going to get sucked into this world for 30 hours. I'm like, that's awesome. So when I actually started playing it and getting to experience the different mechanics and trying to see how they're presenting it, there's just a lot of different things where I was looking at it. I'm like, I just don't know if, if all of these things are interplaying with each other well enough to keep me engaged. And I guess that's where the problem for me came as a lot of the just kind of experiences of what my expectations were and what we actually started to achieve were just there was such a mismatch there that I think it was playing with my perception. And I actually was talking to Nate earlier and I was like, I wonder how I would have received this if I would have played it six years ago as opposed to playing it now and thinking back on that and trying to let myself get back to a place, maybe looking back at that and trying to experience it with those type of that mindset and thinking maybe I enjoy it more if I kind of strip away some of this other thinking from it, which I wasn't very good at doing. For me, my experience slash expectations with Castlevania, I remember playing the... I don't even know who it was with, but I remember picking up the NES version of Castlevania and my friend being like, oh, this game's supposed to be really hard. And I picked it up and started playing and got to the first set of staircases, this first staircase. And the mechanics for how staircases work were so bad <laughs> that I quit and hadn't played a single Castlevania since. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I've seen, I've seen shirts where it talks shit about the Castlevania staircases. They're so, it's staircase so infuriating <laughs> yeah. that, anyway, so I've always kind of like known that Castlevania is this thing, but that, you know, it's, it's one of those holes in my gaming education but like i really hadn't put any thought into trying to go back or play anything again until we started playing for this podcast hmm. i actually like, i didn't even know what we were what what genre this was i, I thought it was a 2d side scroller <laughs> oh wow that's that's fun i actually like had low expectations coming into this game if i'm remembering correctly when i played it i believe it was after recently playing Dante's Inferno, which compared to this, I think is a very poor character, a third person character action game. And wow, uh, yeah. the beginning okay. of this, the beginning of this, I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be another one of these. But for one reason or another, maybe it's just because at that time in my life, I only had so much money for games and I bought this one. So I'm going to play this one. God damn it. Or not. I played through it. And that's how I got that, that kind of feeling that like, I learned to like this game. And then I started to love this game. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, absolutely in love with it i remember very mixed reviews but one of the things i've noticed like going back to it is like looking at like steam reviews and stuff like that i don't feel like i'm alone in saying like a lot of people like love this game but they say like you're not going to like this game at the beginning like it's you just have to get through it and then it's like oh it's it's an okay game you know either either okay or or very good like i believe it's reviewed like as far as steam reviews go it's very well but um, generally favorable yes I don't, 
So that makes me feel a little bit better. Like I'm not a complete crazy person for liking it. Like this isn't normally the style of game I like. I like God of War games. I like Dante or not Dante's Inferno. I like like what's the uh, Devil May Cry. Like I like third person character action games, but they're not. It's not absolutely not my favorite genre or anything like that. So I was like very surprised by how much I ended up liking this game. Well, the idea uh, of learning to like, sorry, learning to love a game is pretty interesting. I don't know what other games I have felt that way about. I, but I don't want to sit here and talk shit about this game that you love. Like, I I can see, even from what I played, why if you were really good at it and you were able to whip through these enemies, it could be a lot of fun. I just had minor quarrels that started adding, adding up over time, and it sounded like it's kind of a matter of expectations. It's, I can see, I'm not saying it's a perfect game. I can totally see faults in it, especially playing it multiple times. But, like, to me now it's part of the journey like Gabriel went on this journey and so did I it's uh, this most recent playthrough I put 28 hours into it before I completed it you know like not like going back and doing stuff afterwards like just trying to go through it and like you talked a little bit about the pacing I'll talk about that in my review later on but I would just like looking back at it I don't regret any of that and I actually like realized like I really liked it really enjoyed it but uh, and part of that is like the like I said before, there's there's the little pieces, the extra care I feel like was put in this game and the presentation of the game. And part of that was the voice acting, as we talked about in the the intro with Star Trek. Like I'm I'm a huge Patrick Stewart fan. Like Star Trek Next Generation is my favorite Star Trek, and that relies very strongly on the actors. And Patrick Stewart is the man. Also, way better than Janeway. Hell yeah. Um, also, I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I don't. I actually, I don't doubt that. Just because I, like, I do like Patrick Stewart as well. But was there other like the, the, the so, voice acting in this game was really good? Like uh, Gabriel is played by is it uh, Robert Carlyle? Something Carlyle. <laughs> I forgot to look it up. Um, That's what I was curious about. I was like, is there other most, most voice actors within in, the game that are famous? Yeah, most recently he's been in like that Once Upon a time show he plays uh mm. rumble stiltskin but he's also in stargate he was in 28 days later he's like a well-known actor and he's he's a very good actor he's a scottish actor um i was noticing I kinda, that that is but it Carter. doesn't seem like our character had any affect for most of the time oh shit he's the S- sg yeah stargate universe yeah guy that guy the that guy, guy who's a super dick yep sorry he's a good actor he's actually a really good he's actor. really cool but uh, I thought his voice acting nose, I thought sorry. his voice voice acting was really good in the game, but I'm kind of a sucker for accents. Uh, so like <laughs> I don't know if it's just that or not, but uh, like I said he did the the narration in the DLC. But I don't know, like part of the voice acting being effective for me is emotion conveyed and obviously Patrick Stewart's narration like he he easily does that. Like he does like Macbeth and things like that. Like this is nothing for him. Yeah, no, he's a boss. But generally, I thought the voice acting in the game was pretty good, other than, like, a few of the villagers or something like that. Like, obviously, like, that was whatever. But there was one little thing. When you're on a log doing the balancing act, I don't know if they got somebody else in to do that or something like that, but it totally sounds like a Japanese guy to me, and I can't <laughs> stop forgetting that. Like, <laughs> it's not him. I, I can almost promise that i have absolutely no facts to, to back that up but i'm pretty sure they just got some japanese guy at the last moment to do it that's funny or maybe the the japanese voice acting that they had for the japanese release carried over into that or something like that or maybe i'm just wrong but that's what it is in my brain what do you guys think of the voice acting 
I thought it was all right. I thought it was a Japanese-made game, though. But actually, considering it was a Spanish-made game, maybe it's more impressive that the English voice acting was good. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing Scottish, Scottish voice acting. Is Patrick Stewart Scottish as well? What no. is he? Is he just straight-up English? It's, yeah, I mean, I would... I, would. I, thought, I thought he was a Scot. I guess my biggest problem with the voice acting in this game... Which is weird because I don't normally have that very strong opinions on it in general. Is that I f- while Patrick Stewart sounded really cool as Patrick Stewart, I don't think he fit Zobeck very well. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I, he just didn't. F- Dude, he's from Yorkshire. He's definitely English. Oh, all right, is that in England? <laughs> yeah, yeah, York, Yorkshire, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, unless it came from New Zealand, that's about it. As good as they get, York and Shire. I don't know, like really, what Zobek's character was like. That's the whole thing about his character is it's supposed to be like hidden, like he's supposed to be a brotherhood until you find out he's actually like this dark necromancer priest guy. <laughs> so I don't know, like, what did you want him to be? Some like cackling madman or like a darker inflection, like, or should his voice have changed once his character changed? Like, no, it wasn't, and. The voice acting for Gabriel and Marie and Laura's voice was pretty annoying. The telepathic, when she's asking you to find those damn crystals, like, shut up, lady, in my head. So Zobek is, like, old, but he's still, like, running around and jumping and stuff. He feels like he should have been, like... A, <laughs> holding up platforms. He should have been, here, like, a Sean Connery. You just have a problem with old people jumping around and doing stuff. You had the same problem with Sully. <laughs> that's totally not how that went it's all about exercise that like checks you, out. you guys it's like you guys diet. said that he couldn't do it and i was like yes he can and then you're like that's no he can't and then happened. i was like look uncharted 3 shows you yes he can and you guys are sorry like, i didn't anyway, mean to sidetrack but no i could feel that i just i liked i think a sean connery would have been a better zobeck what do you think nate oh my gosh i agree with that but maybe it's oh, just man. because of how zobeck looked in the game he looked exactly like Sean Connery, not really like <laughs> Patrick Stewart. So maybe it's my background knowledge infiltrating my opinion. Is it because you you have problems with him not being a starship captain and him being that's, all active? So that's part of it too. Yeah, he's in the wrong century. <laughs> hmm. Either way, I feel like the narration was. Yeah, it was all well. It was all, it was all good. He feels like he's got too much of uh, like a thoughtful plotting uh cadence to his to his speech mm-hmm. which didn't seem like some uh, features that Zobek would have had but it felt like it co- nicely complemented the way the story was laid out through these storybooks and things like that like the way that they described what was going on in the world through that I really liked like it was like you were opening up this book uh, that told this tale like um and of course, Zobek is the one telling this tale because he's in the future now and he's going to get Dracula to do some shit or something like that. I did uh, really like that. It's kind of like a. I don't know also, what the word when, is for how the when did he write the by the mechanics of the interface, but yeah, it is pretty cool. Or like how like your skills were learned in like a book and they were like animated as such. Like that's kind of. It was cool. That's all right. I don't need to nitpick that anymore. Any other things we got? Yeah, I wanted to ask if God of War is better than this. 
Uh, yeah. Nope. All right. No takers. Oh, so there's, there's a taker. That God no, of War there's is not definitely a taker. God of War <laughs> is better than this. I wanted to talk about the, the stage design and the camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> the camera's just straight up bad. Yeah. See, I don't think the camera's God bad. God. I think it's a style you're not expecting. Well, no, it is bad. bad. Hang on. Whoa, whoa. Uh, so part of... It has its moments where it's really cool. Like when you're climbing buildings and stuff, the camera being fixed really offers like you the view of the vista, and that's really neat. When you but have when it control like, the character. Alright, well clearly Sorry. Craig's got like a whole rant to go on here, but let me before that like eruption, <laughs> let me just finish this by saying that like one of the most aggravating things was when the camera would switch, the thumbstick direction wouldn't switch until like a variable amount of time later. And that drove yeah. me nuts. That was a very but, Resident Evil thing. But would it be better if it immediately switched? Then you'd be fucked. You'd no, be like going back because, and forth in rooms. Right. Because, well, so it got, the part where it got particularly enraging was when I was going back through environments to do stupid shit that I had accidentally undone by pressing the wrong buttons mechanically. So I'd go back and I'd be like, oh, okay, the camera goes there. And then I'd walk into the next room, and for like a full 2.5 seconds, the thumbstick would be like, oh, you probably are too stupid to understand where the camera's going to be now, because <laughs> it's completely unpredictable in this game. So I'm just going to, like, keep you the old thumbstick direction. And so my warg would be, like, angling off to the right, just kind of grinding along the wall, meet your speed style. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, climb the ropes! And then it would be like, oh, okay. I've had that oh. with like Final Fantasy X, Resident Evil. That, that really, is whenever that you're playing with fixed, fixed camera, camera, that's yeah, that, that, yeah. that there's always that window. Problem. That's so annoying. Like, and I as long it. as you just don't try to outsmart the game, like this is the right way to do it. I feel like right, but I'm I did. I did notice it. Here. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm going down and I'm holding up right now. That's just weird. <laughs> it's like you have to let go and go back to neutral and then take your new direction. Mm-hmm. It, uh, that's I, dumb yeah. when the camera changes pretty often when you're traversing environments pretty rapidly. Especially yeah, when the environment is very like a very short like a short corridor or something, and then it changes angles on you. Yeah, and I've noticed. I think that's I, a problem with that style, that camera style, not this game in particular, though. Yeah, it's it's get better with really. all of these games. Yeah, then then someone needs to develop a better way of handling. But that. yeah, but people, a lot of people don't use this style of camera anymore. I like, need to be dumber. It's rare. It's gotten a lot more rare, too, I feel like. It totally reminded me of older, like, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, that kind of thing, because, like, that's how they got these, like, awesome stage designs and stuff like that, because it's a lot easier to you only have, to have do an a environment when you, yeah, yeah, you I don't, only have to do the yeah, You can control where it's the person's just, looking. It's, yeah, I don't have a problem with bad camera design. I already stated one of my influences was Ninja Gaiden. I mean... Arguably one of the worst cameras. Yeah, that got tons of flack at every subsequent re-release about how bad the camera was, but... Yeah. Like, I like the fixed camera idea, like, especially, like I said, for the vistas that it offers. It just, I, I just feel like if they cut down that transition time, it would be a lot yeah, better. Yeah, it's, it's a valid complaint, but it's still, there, the way you framed like, it as, I was too smart for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish angry. I, were, I wish I were dumber. <laughs> I think Craig has some shit to There's say stuff about. like where, when... Oh. It'll the camera will lock you onto enemies when you're in like in a, an arena. Yes. And so there's stuff like I was trying to run away, or I was trying to like run perpendicular, but running perpendicular means you're running in a circle around them. Yeah, right. So it's like there's like the, the Colossus battle, and it's like raining like the fiery rocks on you and stuff like that, and like you get so backed up in the arena that the camera is just kind of like freaking out at an angle, and I'm like I. 
just wish I had some way to influence anything about what was happening right now. Yeah, it yeah. feels like and there should they, be fixed cameras when platforming and dynamic cameras while combat. So that's a, and that's a thing that you see. Well, you see that in like something like Uncharted, where like you'll be climbing a wall and they'll like kind of put it at an angle, and you don't have any control over it at that moment. And I'm like, I can see obviously where the benefit of it is is how they stage something, and they can be very particular on how you're introduced to anything that the game throws at you. It's like you're going to be looking in this direction, like. The camera will be pointing in this direction, so if something bursts through the wall, you will see it. Like you don't have to worry yeah. about that. The moment of someone looking off in another direction and then missing out on something critical. But there is other parts in it where I feel like the camera is supposed to be using its like guide as where you should be heading, and it'll like zoom in on something and then turn out that that's not actually the direction you should be going. It like kind of just followed you a little bit to kind of give you a better view of it, but it's like. It feels like it should be ushering you in a direction while that isn't the direction you actually end up going. And, and those points they, where the camera breaks for me. Like entirely. Sometimes they actually hide areas from you with the camera because that's where the secrets are. Like yeah. the, the camera is facing this way and there's all this cool stuff to check out. You're obviously not supposed to go back into this corner, but then as soon as you do, the camera changes. Like there's a there's a ruby here. Right. Or a crystal like or whatever. Trope. It feels like they're, they're all just like, actually, to your point about the secrets. I felt like there was more opportunity where I thought there would be secrets that there wasn't. Like that felt like something out of a like a Castlevania oh, game, like the history the of it. That I didn't feel like there was capitalized on as well, unless I truly just missed a lot of them. What was the which game where I felt like I was always hunting for secrets and there never were any? Is that the order? This game, every levels title screen lets you like see how many crystals you got that were and how many were available. Oh yeah, what what you got and what you missed, and then also when you go back into it, it gives you an extra objective to try to like a challenge objective. Yeah, so yeah that, that's this cool. game for like hunting for that stuff. If you want to get like the hundred percent, then it's it's good for that. But I do see what you're saying. They, I do feel like they did fuck with you. Like they wanted to put places where like. Oh, this is obviously going to be a secret. Yeah. But then it's not. You just yeah. go down to this pit, and there's just an enemy down there, and you fight him, and then it's over, and then you go back up. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like the developers were trying to do some weird shit with this game. Like, I don't know if they just didn't have time to put something down there, or if they just were fucking with you. Like, but totally, it, it's not. It doesn't make me angry though. No, it doesn't make. Yeah, that those things didn't make me angry. I suppose it is. I, I do hear you, the, and the, I feel like there's more of that, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but I feel like there's more of that at the beginning of the game, where there's those fucked up camera perspectives where you're running towards the screen, and then it like changes real fast, and you're like going away from it or something like that. I feel like that either I just get used to it, and I'm like learning to love I my tormentor. To I, I feel <laughs> like you just, I do feel like as we're getting further in the game, that even though there are certain like combat arenas where... Like, I recognize that if I went in a certain angle that I would probably fuck up the camera. Like, I would get too close to it and not be able to see what was going to happen. And I felt like I started to counter, like, counter-program what I was going to do to make sure that I didn't put myself in that position to get too close to one of the angles, which, you know, yeah. creates kind of an issue. Something I thought they did really weird in the DLC was there had quite a few cameras that were pulled way out, and you were just, this like, is, this little tiny character. This is a very similar camera to a lot of the god of war stuff you were okay with it there so i i think i was okay with it there because i felt like i never felt i don't know never is probably too big a word but 
those games, whenever the encounters were happening, I didn't feel like the camera was a hindrance to my success, where in this game it felt like it definitely was creating issues with the gameplay for me. My final... One of, one of the final conclusions I kind of came to on this game is that it, a lot of it, a lot of whether or not I overlook the flaws of the camera and everything else comes down to just how the moment-to-moment combat feels. Like how every cross-section of the combat feels. Like whether the impacts I'm making, like violence-wise, feel like they're damaging the enemy. And I think that in God of War, the combat feels a little bit more weighty. And that led me to forgive a lot of the same flaws that are occurring in this game because effectively they're the same exact genre. This one's just throwing a lot more in there. And this game did have a, a few of the combat sequences that God of War will have where, like, there's a... Obviously, there's quick time events in this. We didn't bring that up at all or anything. Yeah, yeah. the quick time... Uh, yeah. The quick time events are funny. Yeah, they're interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Will. Yeah, what so, were you going to say? Yeah, so the, the quick time options are either press any button or mash on a button. There is something that does crack me up about, like, the interface of, like, it trying to tell you what to do, like, where it'll be very specific and, like, call out, mash this exact button, but then when Will was talking about, like, a timing event is closing in, and it doesn't tell you exactly what to press, and I'm like, there's a weird juxtaposition of the game trying to overexpose what you should be doing throughout, and then underexposing certain other parts, or just, like, removing some of it, and I'm like, should kind of err on one side or the other. Maybe I should just turn I, hips off all <laughs> I, I wonder if... <laughs> Uh, maybe you know. Did you ever try it on any of the harder difficulties? Yeah, it's really hard. Does does do the quick time events change at all? I don't think they do. No. Uh, what difficulty did you guys play? It they on? didn't change when you went down. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I played it on normal, which is the okay. basically two of four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I I played it on. I played through it on normal. I tried the second playthrough. I tried on paladin, and that was clearly not happening. So I quit that. I, I I went with night for a while, the third difficulty. Yeah, and I got a good ways, but eventually it just. I don't know. I'm not the kind of guy where I really enjoy playing through a game on a difficult mode most of the time. Like it depends on what game, I guess. Yeah. But it was just it was just too challenging. There was too many retries for me because both your health goes down faster. The enemies seem to last longer, and. I don't know if their AI is better, but so, it seemed like it to me. So one so. of the things that they didn't do, I don't think they did a very good job of explaining in this game, is that the difficulty is not like a like most games where you pick a difficulty and that's what it is for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. The difficulty in this game is like every chapter you can go back and select a different difficulty as you're playing through every chapter and you should like level up your character, get all your abilities, and then go back to chapter one and try it at paladin difficulty yes. kind of thing. So it, it's like... Oh. A, and that's the way this game is structured too because the only way to get the platinum is to go through it on to be everything on paladin. So, like, if you ever downgrade no. to anything else, like, you'll need to go back from there. Like, well, I guess there wouldn't be any other way to do it, right? Um, right, but you could you could downgrade. You go get your extra points. Get yeah. you know you go find your the health tokens and have get you know shadow and ultimate light. Yeah, all have stuff. all that stuff before you go back and actually attempt to do the levels of, at Paladin in the yeah. first place. Question: If you replay an earlier chapter after you've beaten much further into the game, do you still have your abilities at that point, or does it reset your abilities back to whatever you would have had at that point? You, you have everything have in yeah. okay. So that's the that's part of the the Metroid part yeah. where you will get abilities later in the game like the double jump 
to get you to areas in the maps that you couldn't have gotten to in the first place. Right. Or uh, you probably saw it. There's a couple of yeah. There's a couple of you can't it's like, get you to this the door without to shadow yet. magic, and you're like, what's shadow magic? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, I saw that door. You can't get through here before you have shadow magic, and I didn't even have light magic. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, a lot, a, bad a lot of this stuff it seemed to introduce like the mechanic that you would need like somewhere within the same act or within maybe even some some of them early in the game. At least it was in the same level. So like, if you wanted to backtrack in that same level, you could go back and unlock it. But then I did see some of them as we were going on, and I'm like. I, I don't even know what this is. So, because yeah, really you could, you had to put your combat cross into that yeah. stone thing that somehow magically yeah. makes it completely change its physical <laughs> right. properties. But there were a couple of them that were. There yeah. were a couple of them that were nice, and that they would be like, "Hey." You can't. You don't have the ability to do this. So just go on. Yeah. I was like, right. oh, hey, thanks. You stopped me from you know trying Wandering this jump seventeen times. Yeah. But there yeah, was that jump that round. we did try. Both me and you got stuck on that same part where yeah. there's this one in the clock tower, which clock is tower. the best place to put it. In, which in is a, a classic, game. classic Castlevania yeah. area, mind you. Yes, and they're always difficult, I believe, or I just suck lots at clock of gears, tower areas. Lots of clock tower stuff. But there's the one part where nowhere else in the game do you need, or is it announced to you that you can, while... Well, you can. I, a, I didn't even hear about it. I have a problem with saying the word repel when you're going up. It's not propel, but you're repelling. <laughs> no. You're repelling up. So you're Batman climbing up something. Yep. And and there's electricity, and you have to get over it somehow. So you, we all know that you can press square to kick off the wall. Mm-hmm. And so I must have tried that both times on my both my playthroughs. Somehow, in the years between my playthroughs, I forgot about this fucking horrible, horrible. <laughs> I fucking it's not a puzzle it's just a simple platform like it's not announced or anything like that there's a beam of lightning that you have to get over it's the only time this entire game i had to reach out for help because i was like yeah i I backtracked i was like surely there's some way to turn off this lightning i don't but it turns out you can use momentum once you come back towards the wall you kick off again and then you have more momentum away from the wall of course so then you can clear it but i just tried the single jump multiple times and it would not fucking work <laughs> if you just double tap the jump button you get over it it's like well, you have to you have to go out and then come back towards the wall tap it again and then you get more distance away from it i just hit hit it twice and i jumped straight over it i was like what oh, that doesn't that's it, not what i meant when i told you about it <laughs> I don't, you, I just, you, like you can get multiple it just went straight out and something. went right over it when, when i double tapped it i was oh, like really what the fuck oh so that was one of my problems there's in the DLC, you play as the vampire girl for a little while, yeah. and they tell you, or, so if you do a grab on these zombies, you can suck their blood, cool. right? And then it says, make sure you let go, or they'll ex- Great question. It's, uh, it, so, sorry. It says, it. it says, make, make sure they're you ghouls, let- They're they're not zombies. It says, make sure you let oh. go, or it will explode, right? And so it's it's one of those things where you're like bashing a button and it tells you the button to mash. So I mash on the button and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to let go? So I'm like, well, maybe I press the jump button because that cancels me out. And so I tried that and then it exploded. And I was like, okay, maybe that's not it. And then I like open up the bestiary and it says, make sure you release the action button or it'll explode. And I'm like, which one's the action button? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so maybe it's the right trigger because that's what I use to open doors, right? And I'm like... But I'm 
but I'm not touching the right trigger. So maybe I have to like hold the right trigger and release it before. And so I, I like exploded like five zombies or something like that. (laughs) It turns out what you need to do is stop mashing on the button you're mashing on. I was like, ah, yeah. None of that just didn't make any sense. He messaged me. How do you let go of (laughs) them to stop draining the blood? And I'm like looking at it for a minute. I was like, I don't know if there's like some trick, but I'm pretty sure you just let go. Like you let go, like, you stop how pressing, do you let go? You stop pressing the buttons, and that would let go. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, just stop. That was not. I didn't have I, that that mm, problem. Sorry, but <laughs> it's kind of a hilarious problem. How do you stop sucking them? You just stop. You just, <laughs> you just stop. <laughs> just stop, Will. Just stop. What? So, I should have tied this better into the camera, but I did want to, like I said, I did want to talk about the architecture and stage design. I thought that the architecture in this game was beautiful. I thought the stage design was very well. Maybe not so much in the beginning of the game, but once you get to the castle and thereafter, there was many like stage puzzles in the game, especially like in the in the dead like land, the forgotten land or whatever it is, where like it was weird stuff where like. You would just have to explore and keep exploring and find out how this world works until you like figured out how you're going to get to this place that you can see there. I just really liked it. Like The closest thing I can relate to is the newest Devil May Cry, how they did stage design DMC. in that. Yeah. I, get, yeah. I guess it's just DMC now. I really like the stage design of that, and I saw a lot of yes. correlation between the two. Actually, I meant to look this up, but what else has Mercury Steen done? That's a great question. Quite a risk for Konami to take to let them, I guess they didn't want to, but to let them just have Castlevania, I guess, if it's just an unknown developer, they must have done something else. Before this, they didn't really have much to go by. They had American McGee present Scrapland, Zombies, which was a mobile game in 2006 for the Nokia 6680, Clive Barker's Jericho in 2007. That's why. And then Castlevania in 2010, and then they did Lords of Shadow Mirrors of Fate in 2013, and then Lords of Shadow 2 was in 2014. And then Raiders of the Broken Planet. What's Mirrors of Fate? It's the 3DS title. 3DS game. 3DS It's a side-scrolling Castlevania game that they did. It's in the same universe. I believe it's set in between the two Lords of Shadows games. Lords of Shadows? Lords, Lords of Shadow, of Shadow, but Lords of Shadows games. No, Lords of Shadow games. There you go. That works. <laughs> but the Lords of Shadow have possession over their. Game. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> how many I shadows guess, are there? Did you get into the architecture of the level design as much as you want to? Because that was something that, despite being me being a little angry about the camera, like it did set up some gorgeous scenes and at least it tried to play with the sense of scale i don't know if it did successfully all the time but yeah, some of the was, enemies felt bigger than they actually were yeah they're like introduced and they look giant and then you'd start the combat and they'd be small but the actual like world that it was building was easy to buy into it was gorgeous yeah yeah one of the things they did for size that i thought was really cool they did it like four times over the course of the game and did it a little bit different each time. So just to kind of keep it fresh is where you'd like be fighting goblins and they'd be like, ah, and then all of a sudden the troll comes and eats the the goblin. And you're like, Oh shit, this thing's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a bunch of cases like that where, yeah. Yeah. You think you're fighting like a big enemy and then all of a sudden something else like that's doubled not, size. And yeah, exactly. yeah. Not, not just showing its size, but also its power. Like right. one of the, yeah. one of the things, um, if you ever died to the werewolf Lord, 
the Lycan Lord, there's a certain part where once he gets his final form or whatever, like if you mess up a quick time event or if you don't kill him properly, he just kind of grabs you in his hand and he squeezes for a second and you do that like shoulder like pop thing and he just applies a little bit of pressure and you just double over like dead. Like yep. he just crushes the life out of you. Like the way they show the power as well as the size and stuff like that and those kind of animations. The animation I thought was good in it and like the architecture, it's hard for me to talk about because I don't know anything about architecture other than like, well, this building, now that I'm at the end of it, had a really good like flow to it. And like seeing it from the outside, like approaching the the castle when you could see it off in the vista and everything like that, like it's huge. And then you like get closer to it and you realize how huge it is. And you're going across like a tower that's connected to it. Like it looks like when you approached it. It wasn't just like a picture of a castle and then you're there and you're inside of it the whole time. Like you go outside and you're like, oh, I'm on this side of it and this is where that spire is and like things like that. Like I just thought it was realistically designed where it could be like a real place. And I I was really appreciative of that. And they did the same thing with characters. I thought like the fact that Gabriel, like once you get your holy water flasks, like you have them there on your side during cutscenes, during all the game. And it's actually how many you have in your inventory and things like that. Not so much in cutscenes, obviously, because yeah, who could do that? But I, I thought that was really cool. Like the thought that was put into all the design of that stuff. Yeah. I'd, I'd listened to another podcast where they were talking about video game architecture versus real world architecture and how yep, completely you better find they that are. before we release this. That sounds awesome. There's there's all kinds of stuff that like you do in video games, like add giant holes in buildings and things that would couldn't possibly be structurally sound, or like super long hallways. Which like why would you put this in your building? <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of funny things that they do to mess with your perspective for video game architecture because if you just like use the house as it is it's like well that's not terribly fun to play through so that makes sense this is an example of a game where you can have a fantastical place that could be a real at least realistic environment like this crazy like castlevania castle is kind of important for the game i think maybe it was the portal 2 audio commentary there was a bunch of stuff in there where they're like all right well we had to like stick this mirror universe onto this other mirror universe and it wouldn't have fit but we just kind of fudge it and then you don't see it when it's outside the thing of the camera and there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that yeah well you huh. could mess around with that in video games like a whole bunch like what's the name of that game where they use the non-euclidean geometry a lot where you're echo one... chrome or no a billion other spin-offs later did we do the phone one uh monument valley no i'm not monument talking about monument valley this too. is a first person yeah. one where it's like oh, it begins yeah, with yeah. an A. Oh. Is this the two games that we were playing that we couldn't remember the name of? Yeah, I think so. We should go on and come back to this. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. you know if anyone knows that the... game with the non-Euclidean geometry where, where you like can look down a hallway and, and then, then it turns like... out you're falling. But then um, maybe there's really bright colors. <laughs> yes. Uh, please email Will. <laughs> so yeah, let's, that brings us to our final thoughts. So I'm going to start off with Craig. Because he didn't finish the game, and I, I finished well up with me and Will. Yeah, yeah and because he's because they find him very attractive, and I n- normally look at him next. That makes sense. So when playing through this, I guess we already talked about what expectations were heading into this, and it feels like a game to me where there's a lot of different parts coming into it, and a lot of different pieces being added together and kind of melded together from a lot of different genres, and obviously with the history of Castlevania. 
And while they don't always click and they don't always hit, like I appreciate what's what they were going for. And I do think that while I wouldn't consider it a great game because of all of those little things that continually added up to kind of hinder the experience to me, I did think it was good. And I would be curious to continue playing through a little bit more and kind of seeing as you go through it, if as you kind of get past that hurdle of just kind of appreciating and be like, okay, there is some weird wonkiness here and I'm just going to live with it and kind of work my way around it. I think what's left under there is still like a very solid and competent game. It just doesn't quite reach to the goals that I think it aspires to hit. Nate? I want to beat this game just so that I've beaten the Castlevania. I think a lot of what Craig said I agree with. It's very... It's kind of a fragmented game, right? Like, it's drawing a lot of inspirations from a lot of places, including its own franchise's rich history. It feels... It feels slightly dated to me. Is really the only... Like, it's the only thing I can really leverage against it. And, and that kind of applies to a lot of different things. It's the tiny workings of the camera. It's the... It's the combat. It's the, the idea that you can make a game better by adding more mechanics... It's the, I don't know, kind of reminds me of, the beginning few hours of this game really remind me of playing The Witcher 2 for the first time, starting the series at that point, and being like, boy, there's a lot of key bindings, and they just keep adding more. That's crazy. I don't like, I, I think later in the game I'll get how all these things fit together and what sort of, like, puzzle they're forming overall, but right now it's kind of overwhelming, and it kind of makes the beginning of the game a bit of a drag, and I don't know how, I don't know what the best solution to that is, I don't want to say to cut out the extra features, but there's it feels like there's a way here for them to sort of implement these over time and kind of build up my understanding of what this game is, rather than feeling like the first half of the game is kind of just me getting up to speed. I, I think I'm too old to really put up with that anymore. It's, it's funny you bring that up, because like, now that you're saying that, I'm realizing like I actually really do like that in games. Like I like The Witcher 2. Because it's kind of dense. Uh, certain games I enjoy that, like Flight Sims is another like version of that, where like the controls are very complex. But like once you start to like master it, you like have this intense appreciation for it, and that's when you can actually like like in this game. Like but once I started mastering the combos, I was like, I feel like I really have power here, as opposed to just like the character seems powerful because I pressed a bunch and a bunch of times, a button a bunch of times. So I, I appreciate that. I don't. There could be a way to do it better, I suppose, but I can't think of any games where like. Well, I don't want to say that, that balance too well. I don't want to say that more mechanics is bad because I really don't agree with that, and I like games that offer you the rich complexity to get really good and to really master as a skill. Maybe it comes down to all the style of how those skills are introduced. It yeah. feels like Ninja Gaiden. I hate to keep falling back on this, but it feels like. Ninja Gaiden didn't offer you that many things, but it was still hard as hell, and it feels like something you could really get good at and feel like you were kind of the master over, but I don't know what it did differently. You know, there's something, I guess, when I think about the game, and a mechanically dense game, I think about maybe like a dance. Like, you can learn a lot of different moves in dancing, right? Like, you could have a lot of different steps that you're going to hit, but it's like the little connector pieces, like that intangible that brings you from one step to the next, the transitions of how those are 
interplay to make it a smooth experience, like, that's what feels like it's missing from this game to me, is, like, the extra little things that help kind of really weave it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And just you saying that makes me think of what I really noticed about the... What made me notice a lot about the combat was the final DLC battle, playing that again. Like, you could do everything so perfectly like time all your dashes and like perfectly hit him so many times and then like you mess up in the slightest little bit like you you miss the double tap for dash which is like i said it's that double tapping an analog stick for dash is not the way to do anything but you miss that that one time and then he just destroys you and it's like well i was just sitting here for like 20 minutes getting one little micro bead of energy off at a time and he just destroyed me in one hit and like although it's infuriating at the time like looking back at it it's like i feel like i got very competent in that combat system to to make it so long with that so that's a terrible example because that's a terrible battle and it shouldn't exist in the game but it really i mean it's kind of brings out so much in the combat at the same time because it's so hard i mean it's kind of like a it's kind of back to the roots, right? Like, I know that Castlevania is a very difficult game, and I imagine that it's difficult in pretty much exactly that way, just in a 2D, you know, sprite sense. So, yeah. this game doesn't feel like it's designed to be difficult. It feels like it's just missing pieces where the mechanics make it more difficult than it's actually intended to be. See, that's interesting, and I think that kind of goes back to the feeling of the moment-to-moment combat. Yeah. What do you think, Will? So like I said, I came into this game not having much experience with Castlevania. So when I was dropped into the game, I was pleasantly surprised. The fact that I kept seeing these influences from all these other gaming franchises really made it feel to me like this game was like built by people who actually play games. This is not people who work for a game company and just go into work and then they leave leave their their corporate job and do whatever it's like these people live and breathe games and they brought these influences from all these different things they played and brought it together and so it it felt like more of a organic product of you know my people my community that came together to build this kind of thing so i i I didn't have i I wasn't expecting anything and then that being what i found I, i thought was really cool my, I think my problem with the combat in this game is, so, so in general, I really do like to get super deep into, in into like combat systems and in different systems. A lot of people will, there's a lot of complaint lately from all of course, and it's completely understandable that people don't want to, to put in time, don't want to have to spend extra time. They just want to get to the the meat, the fun of the game immediately. But I can totally totally see in games and in movies and series that you know if you put in a little extra, you invest a little extra, then it can really pay off when it comes to the end. And so I do like if if it's a super complicated system, being able to figure it out and building my own mastery of it and becoming skilled and feeling like I've accomplished something or built something and that that sort of feeling that my problem with the with the complexity in the combat system in this game is it felt like it was a a breadth of complexity not a depth of complexity by which I mean there were like 900 ways to attack somebody directly in front of you on the ground 
but as soon as I had one, I didn't need the other 899 of them. What I, I, I wanted like a magica system where things built on other things, and I was thinking about different layers, different ways to combine things, different counters. There, there was like a, an elemental weakness thing in the, in the game, but it barely mattered, and, and most of the time I was just using my combat cross to whip people over and over and over again. So maybe I was doing it wrong, but it didn't feel like I, I got that depth of complexity that I wanted where there was a lot of breadth of complexity, a lot of different ways to do the exact same thing that, that didn't feel useful or valuable. I absolutely love that like description. That, that's really helpful for me, kind of framing my own thoughts about the game. The, the yeah. breadth versus depth. That's really, that's cool. Is that all? That's all, all I had. That's all you had? Oh, sorry. One more thing. Eight out, Eight out of ten. I knew that was coming. <laughs> that was at the beginning too, though. So. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. So obviously, I've talked about how I like this game a lot, and and I do. That's all. No. <laughs> there's there's so many things like I could touch on about this game. Obviously, it's it's difficult. Like now, like I played this game. It must have been like I don't even. What did it come out in two thousand nine or something like that? 2010, I think. 2010. Said, right? 2010. So I probably played it in 2011. Uh, I think I played it probably a year after it came out or something like that because I know the DLC was already out and I got it right after I finished it. But comparing my time with it now and the original experience I have, I know the original experience I had, I ended up loving the game at the end of it. I played through it with my girlfriend and like she's she played through all the God of War games and she played through Dante's Inferno with me. She liked that more than I did, but she is a big fan of like third person character games. She really likes the Uncharted series and stuff like that. So she wasn't as big on this until the end. Um, just the one of the big things about this game, the way that they went all out for it on me, like I, I'm appreciative of that in movies and and in games like the fact that like they went to these depths for story they they described every single character's like maybe not motivations but at least where they came from and the lore behind them and stuff like that and the fact like i feel like will kind of discounted the the ending ending in the story they're saying like of course it was so back all the time but like to me like when that first happened and even like going through it a second time like i really enjoyed that like the fact that like they had this like what is it unreliable narrator and like they had like even on top of the unreliable narrator, they've crawled further up into themselves by having like Satan just come out the end. And like, I don't know. I like Satan. If you're going to put Satan in your game, that's cool. Like if you're going to have some kind of like big reveal at the end, like why not just have like, they're talking about all these old gods and all of a sudden it just like, they're like, you guys are all stupid. Like he comes out and he just wrecks shit. Like I thought like, although the Satan design is just a man that's like, naked and it's clouded and stuff like that it was still a cool character design and he seemed like super dark and super like evil it felt like an epic boss battle it was in this like complete like end of the world setting where there's like you have to create this eclipse and then like you're just like battling on top of this floating ancient rock or something like that like i don't know it just felt so epic like they had they draw this line between like anime and like like some kind of like action movie where there's like these big like epic scenes but like characters powering up like dragon ball and stuff like that like i don't know like you see that a lot in metal gear like that's why i feel like hideo kojima had more to do with this game than he actually lets on or something like that but maybe they're 
he just is really good at advising his style, I guess. But there's the end of the game, like how it ends on such a strong note really goes back and makes me think about more of the previous parts of the game. And like it, this character goes on this intense journey and like the pacing of the game, I can see people having problems with it, but the fact that it's like separated into chapters, although some of the chapters may be too long, like it makes it pretty easy to play through the game. Cause like this recent playthrough, like, yes, I did put in like almost 30 hours to the game, but I played through it like once a night, like one or two hours a night or something like that. And I got through it with no problems. Like, it's not like I was sitting there like struggling through it or something like that. Like it made sense. Like what I would do is I'd play two hours of Castlevania, get through a chapter and then play a bunch of rocket league until I fell asleep or whatever. Um, Cause it's hard for me to play through these Epic games when I don't know when to stop, but it, breaking up like chapters like that, I really appreciated that. I talked a lot about how I liked the character setting, the lore buildup and all that stuff. But I really liked the the storybook aspect of it, like the moves list, like you could go into not like I understand it being like difficult to find things maybe, but the way it was first introduced and like showing little sketches of every action, that every attack that, that Gabriel can do and stuff like that. I just thought that was really cool. It looked neat and like you see the combo and it shows you what he's going to do. I really liked it the way that they explained so much stuff in that storybook setting. Although I guess it's kind of clunky, like all menus are clunky. At least this has like a tactile feel to why, like you change pages to see the different stuff. Like Gabriel could pull out a book to research things, I suppose. Kind of yeah, makes that sense. That is in really kind of cool. And <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> there's parts of the game that just shouldn't be there i feel like and i kind of realized while while you were talking and saying like this game was created by de developers and i see what you're saying about that like it does feel like to me it feels like they really wanted to do something they were excited about this game it's like their first like breakout game because like clive barco's jericho from what i remember it wasn't a very good game and that's why like when i went into this game i was like not expecting much off it although i I suppose I like the Nintendo Castlevania games. Like there was really bad Castlevania games for N64 and they were third person character action games. Like, so I didn't have much hope for it really. And I didn't know the developer, but it's just the beginning of it. There's so many parts. Like there's that whole horse riding sequence. That I hated just, that. It's just bad. It's like, I a hated mobile, that. it's like a mobile endless runner tap on this side, <laughs> oh, tap on that so side. God, it's bad. But as you said about this game is created by people who play games and developers. Like, I feel like that, these developers, the like somebody on the team was like, I have this idea. That was and like I a Darksiders do slash Epona thing. But somebody was like, I have this idea and they want I want to do it. And the developer was like, All right, let's let's do it. And they they kept it in there. Maybe they shouldn't have, but like after all said and done, like I it doesn't bother me that much that like it was a short little segment. It didn't need to be in the game. It slowed down the beginning of the game. As many other things did. As you said, like there's no need for the Crow Witch, but they really maybe they really liked the stage design they just had to put a boss there or something like that like if this that's one of the things that like i feel so passionately about this game is i feel like they there was so much care put into it and although it might not be like every little thing of it is perfect like for me for me like a game that i love and and is one of my favorite games it doesn't have to be perfect like the story can be flawed but i really like the story in this game the mechanics can be flawed, but like most of the mechanics in this game are really good. The puzzles compared to other third person character action puzzles, I feel are, are, are far better. They take more thought. There's neat, dumb stuff in there. They put a Plinko game as a puzzle in there. They put a 
vampire chess game that's not even chess. Like they could, they had a chess board. They could have just made you play chess, but they made up their own rules to chess, and the pieces move and attack each other and have health. Like just a bunch of dumb shit they put in the game that I appreciate. Um, and like I said, it's a long game, but like it felt like a journey. So I could keep going forever. The the orchestral score in this game is like super powerful and, and really good. The voice acting's awesome. So Nate I don't know. I could just keep going, but I am going to give this game a ten out of ten. I think it's my favorite game from last gen. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I praise him to you. Nice. Now so, I wanna I wanna think of my flawed favorite game now. Yeah. No, you should just play Castlevania Lords of Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a fan. I might play Lords of Shadow 2 now. But oh, my God. I'm I think you should, scared. at yeah. least to after, see. Like, after that, last, like, after like, that final cutscene, I was like, oh, shit, I, now I have to play that yeah. one. There's like some it, morbid curiosity, right? They, they can't do it in... It was it modern time? Like... Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it it, it might be like if I know. They pull a fucking I know Alucard is in it as well. Shit. He's a playable character. I just heard bad things like you were saying. Listening to Vanivania, he really liked Lords of Shadow as well, and he didn't care for I guess Lords of Shadow too. Lords of Shadow too, but in as a whole. But he said like the end really kind of made him sour about the whole thing. It kind of made him dislike the franchise. So that's what I'm scared of. I'm just afraid they're gonna do like Assassin's Creed where they're like. All right, at the end of the game, now you're in modern times, and the beginning of the second game was, nope, go back into the machine, start over. Like, yeah. no, I, I wanted modern times. Yeah. I, if Dracula, like, that's what I was excited about, but I don't think they let you, like, be as Dracula and jump around from car to car or anything like that. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. <laughs> That'd be wicked, man. It's not going to happen now, though, because no Lords of Shadow 3. Fucking assault rifles, like, shooting down, you yeah. know. So to close it off, Dracula um, with an AK-47. The only thing left to say is if this game would be better as a racing game. Oh my gosh. I feel like the physics would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, because it would be horse racing. And we know <laughs> oh, it'd be they didn't, they didn't oh land that. That's what I should have said. There you go. Thanks for listening. This brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, www.emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep Keep on on playing. playing!